GM. GM, sir. What the heck is going on? <clears throat> nothing much. Nothing much. I um, I cried yesterday live on the morning squeeze. Oh, yeah? I did. I got choked up. Did you take too big of a bong rip? Ha! Well, no. But now that you said that, I think I may have to. But... Uh, we found out Kaiju's had been part, we partnered with Coinbase live on the show. I don't know why I get choked up over weird things. I was going to say get choked up over breaking weird... news, but it's not breaking and it's in the show show title. So <laughs> I'm a, I'm a crier. I'm a crier. Are, are you? I cry like I'll cry during the national anthem sometime if my sports team wins. You know, mm. I am. I am. Oh, Yesterday I, I cried. I did. I was very happy. Well, I mean. It's a big deal. You want to know uh, why? You realize they still don't have a blue check from Broken Sea? I mean, what the okay. fuck is that? Like, Cool Pets had an insta blue. They, they That didn't even... They showed up with a blue check. The the goddamn collection showed up with, and, and as it should. I'm not saying it shouldn't. It's well-deserved, right. but come on. I mean, what, what the fuck? Kaijus are like, uh, you know, this is the next blue check. Cambo, I cry every time I watch Signs. You know what? That's hilarious because I just watched that movie for the first time in probably like that? 15 years. Signs? Uh, Mel yeah. Gibson and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, the aliens. Mm. Prop signs start showing up. Good movie. Yeah. Um, are there crying moments in it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, mm. I wouldn't have cried. The last time I cried was when Kobe died. That was, uh, that was a rough few days for me. Yeah, that was a cool... No, that was bad. Oh no! What bad, the bad. fuck was going on there with this timeline we're in? Mm. Yeah, when when I found <laughs> out that his his daughter and some of the other uh, players from her team were in there, lost it. Rough <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Uh, absolutely nothing. All right, good. I was scared. I <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, the, these markets are 24-7, man. They don't stop. It's not halfway through the week. This is just another day in crypto and NFT land. It really is a different world, and it's funny how often we get our big pamps on the weekend, right? Like, very often Saturday is the most bullish day for NFTs, depending on how the week set it up. It could also be the most bearish. This is true, depending, yeah. It does seem like the volatility breaks one way yeah, or another Yeah, it weekend. goes extreme often we on could, Saturdays, but that's just, you know, coming from traditional markets and trading S&P futures, like, you know, 5 p.m. on, on Friday, you're done. Clock mm-hmm. out, right? And crypto, it's just it's never the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there's a, we would just petition all of the uh, NFT trading sites to shut it down on Friday at five. Yeah. God. I mean, I always think about these people waiting in the wings. You know, we finally get a good buy on the flies token. As you all know, I am bullish on an ohm fork. Old FMC, he didn't buy ohm at $1,000. He didn't. He didn't uh, get into the Ohm forks when it was the hottest thing in town. But once Ohm fell 95% and DeFi was declared dead, well, guess what? That's when I start to like things. This is, this is, I bought Dillard's at $24 a share last year because it was going out of business. Who, who goes to retail? A retailer, a brick and mortar retailer going out of business. It hit $350 a share. 
last month. Did you did you buy Radio Shack? I don't think it, I think they were delisted, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it is a yeah, publicly traded company cool. anymore. I think it was private, but I, I don't think it's a company check. anymore. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I would. These are the type of things that intrigue. Look at Apple. Could you imagine telling someone with a straight face you were going to invest in Apple in 1999? This company was left for dead. Mm-hmm. Dead. I mean, I, but I like those. You know, you got to wait for the ball to come to you. And I tend to be a victim of FOMO. If I try to chase the hot trend, I'm going to buy the top. I just, I have to recognize where my strengths and weaknesses are, right? I'm much better at looking for an extreme in the other direction. Like nothing ever dies. Like nothing in this world no, ever I mean, dies. you are great at recognizing when like people are like max FUD, max pain, like the bottom is in, like it can't yeah. get any more bearish. Like when you are participating in that FUD or that pain, you, you, you think that the world is crashing and this thing can go mm-hmm. to zero, but you know, that, that dispassionate thinking, removing yourself from the situation, emotionally stepping back and watching what everybody else is doing, um, can be a really great indicator to like, you, you know, that age old theory, do the opposite. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I know you. And remember we were time. talking Man, we had the nicest little flies candle. Speaking of ohm forks, <laughs> just before the show started, it popped up, literally 100% in one candle. And I was like, oh, look at how beautiful this is, R2. And look at it now, because it'll be gone in three seconds. You know how these things work on these low vol shit coins? Yeah, Someone like makes like $45 in the liquidity pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone makes a 1.6 ETH purchase that jumps 120%, then three assholes who had 0.4 were sitting there waiting for the yeah. one pop so they could just take that liquidity right there. Swing so. trading these little yeah. uh, 0.5 ETH sales. Um, it, hey, it's actually, honestly, you know, getting to know an instrument. The guys in the market that always fucked up were the ones that like, you just, you were looking for whatever stock that day. Like, oh, what's the new stock? What's the new stock? What's it? Uh, the guys who like learned a stock in and out, like if you watch Apple every day, you just learn how it trades. You learn how the algos play that stock. I mean, you you know what it's going to do before it does it. So I get these guys who trade the low vol shit. There's a, it's easy. Like once you figure it out, there's a, there's a method. Yeah. The only hard thing about crypto is you got to time it with gas too, because gas can eat you up pretty quick. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, right now, that's why they're doing it. I mean, we've been at an average of 50 or 60 guay for the last 24 hours, it feels like now. Oof. With this with this way and Ethereum 30% off the highs, people may be sitting here wondering, uh, where is the NFT bull? But, you know, you could also say crypto is 30% off the lows. It depends on which way you're looking at it, right? I mean, we just rally. The glass a lot. is neither half full nor half empty. It just exactly. I, it's funny how the same price, thirty two hundred, feels a lot more bullish now than it did uh, last month when it was a very bearish indication yes, of what yes, was happening. In yes, yes, it's all a matter of perspective and where you've been. Um, I just want to say GM to everyone. Season three, Bailey, Sandman, Cutter, Cambo, Vintage, Chipper, Ella, Rad, Zhao, Adelaide. I was oh so embarrassed. All of the usual suspects. Millennial. Why I was so embarrassed? embarrassed this morning because Faded Native was like, hey, bro, do you mind following me back? Because we've been chatting for. I was like, oh, oh shit, no. I don't. Fuck. You know how this happens now? Like, I. 
you just you don't know if I don't follow you and we interact on a daily basis please remind me it is yeah. not on purpose I I am like I I fell asleep I think at 9 p.m. yesterday my you brain is have, mush recently you, been... you just have some built-up anger about art really. <laughs> you know, we love the, the people who follow you um, Zaddy. yeah what up, Zaddy? <laughs> JCV Dark Illidan, <laughs> native of oh, all the good people, Tom Nook, Ashtray, Jurassic Forest, Agora, Joseph GM. Okay, you guys love it. Cass. Agora is the name of Samantha's mother on Bewitched. Agora. Great. Do the drum roll. GM DJs and welcome to the February 9th Wednesday edition of the Alpha Men AM show hosted live on YouTube and Twitch. I want to thank everybody for coming back again this morning. Uh, guess what? Free market. It is our 68th recorded show on YouTube. I don't know what the total amount is back when we did it on on um, on Discord, but tomorrow is episode number 69. <laughs> nice. There we go. Um, yeah, anyway, 69 shows coming up. That's going to be really exciting. I guess we're going to finish off the week with a nice round 70. Uh, fantastic. And and it's great to see everybody that's uh, either supported us from the beginning or here now. Uh, I am your host, R2D Gen, joined with me, as always, by the legend, free market capitalist. Hey, now. Hey, now. What's going on? It feels like NFTs are maybe taking a little bit of a breather. Volumes drying up a little bit. There's certain projects that are getting the uh, the old pump treatment, but right now it feels like maybe some of the wind is out of our sails. We've had things like Pixelverse, Pixel Pets, uh, sorry, uh, Pixelmon, Pixel Pets, Cool Pets, Raid Party finally go down. Uh, a lot of money has switched hands. Hate finally revealed. All of these big, big, uh, you know, high value assets have been trading around, and now I think people are kind of positioning themselves uh, where they're where they're looking forward and what they're going to do next. So it, it feels like we're just taking not not even a step back, just taking a little rest. Uh, that's my sentiment right now. It doesn't feel bearish, um, but it just feels like you know, with the Super Bowl kind of on the horizon, some of this other stuff going down. I uh, just you know, it's just time to reset. Yeah, it's slow out there. I think what's heartening is that floors are not really doing much to the downside either. I know the things that got ahead of themselves, like Azuki, are down 50%, but that was to be expected. They're also still up 10x from... Well, and that's the point. (laughs) I mean, it got ahead of itself. Um, It's not a blue chip, and it's weird to see people talk about these, you know... We use we, the I, I, I didn't, way too liberally lately. It's ridiculous. I didn't even want to call apes a blue chip until very, very recently. Like we, once we went through the quote unquote bear market between September and November and apes not only held, but actually let us out of it. I was certainly ready to concede. I wasn't against the thought. And I would have said if I had to predict what the next blue chip is, it's an ape. But I want to be careful with that definition. Because what that says to somebody from the outside, from traditional investing with real money, is that this is a very safe, it's the safest and soundest investment you can make. And I think there's a high, there should be a high bar for that. And the the term is used way too liberally. So I like to say elites, because I think a lot of collections are elites. And then I think blue chip is really reserved for two collections right now. And that's punks and apes. We really do need to. We talked about this earlier. We need to. We need to come up with like the de facto 
kind of tiers of NFTs mm-hmm. because um, right now it really is just like blue chip up and coming and then like shit tier rug, right? There's there's so yeah. little uh, room for that's movement a, in there that as soon as like something hits 10 ETH, it's just like, yep, blue chip. And it's like, that's kinda- a good thing to me. I was thinking about this the other day too, because people talk about supply like, oh, there's so much supply coming on the market. And then this year, we're going to see so much supply coming on the market. 99% of it is junk. There's not a lot of supply of good NFTs out there. You, when you take all the elites and blue chips and add them together and think about all the wealthy, fashionable celebrities that are going to want to wear these things, there is an incredibly small supply of good quality PFP projects. Quality is the real scarcity right now. That's right. for sure. Mm-hmm. There's an abundance of a junk. Um, but you know what? I mean, a lot of them turn into pretty decent degen plays and whatnot. It's still kind of fun to watch it all go down. And every every once in a while, something rises up out of the ashes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, those those projects that are, are a clear quality value propositions like Azuki uh, have have really been shown showing um, the ability to, to kind of run away. And as you said, get ahead of itself. But, you know, I think that is that desire, that scarcity to be, uh, getting into something that by and large, the community feels like is a worthwhile project. And I wouldn't call Azuki an elite yet, but if you made me bet, which the next elite is, I would say Azuki. Yeah, easily. But what what, what would you put in elite then? So like, is it cool cats, a blue chip elite elite, like Mm -hmm. elite bordering on blue chip. Here's the thing, you know, during the bear market, Cool Cats pulled back to four ETH. And now that they've rallied, but, you know, blue chips are rallying around them. Now, I am very bullish on Cool Cats. I intend to buy one here very soon. But it is interesting to me that they have not been able to break that 14, 15 ETH resistance. Now, that was where they got up to last time before yeah. they pulled back. Um I well, think there could be a little. Su- a- oh, yeah, go ahead. Keep it. No, I was going to say. I was just going gonna- <laughs> to. Gotcha. Now I wanted to do the silent thing where none of us talk. I think that there's a still a lot of people who paid 0.02 for these, and and we're going to have you know this is life changing when you paid 0.02 for for this NFT, and I think we do have to work through a little supply that way. I know it's hard to leave the cats, um, and. That it 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 is based on that whole friendship camaraderie thing, but I do think we are at a phase now where early smart celebrities need to buy them from the people who paid point oh two. They haven't quite seen that celebrity hype phase yet. It's not cool. Cats aren't known like you know. It's not the the thing in celebrity circles like apes are currently. Yeah, I um I agree with that. And the other thing that I was thinking too is, you know, you get this derivative that comes off of cool cats, i.e., cool pets, right now, and it, it's it's almost like a little bit of a um like a, a stock uh, a stock split or like a dividend payout, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where the the price of those cool pets, especially because you got to mint one for free if you owned a cool cat, gets baked into the cool cat, and then once it gets you know distributed out into the world, that value kind of gets pulled out of it and gets put into cool pets, right? You see that all the time with those really juicy, like special dividend rewards and in traditional stocks, the stocks go up way higher than the dividends even worth. And then the, you know, the good traders will actually trade it before the dividend gets paid out. Um, because that, you know, it got ahead of itself, right? Yeah, exactly. And 
I'm very bullish on Kat. I mean, if I had to pick one to be the next uh, blue chip, the same way I would have picked apes last time, I, I'd pick cats this time, I think, without question. I, I feel like Doodles and Azuki are a bit of the pretenders right now. I think Doodles will, is an elite. Uh, I don't think Zuki, Azuki is even an elite yet. And I do think Doodles has legs here. I just think that uh, for them to get ahead of cats feels wrong. Sure. Oh. Yeah. And and when you're saying pretenders, I mean, that's not that's not an indictment or uh, a bearish statement on the project. It's just, you know, it, it sometimes it doesn't feel right when these like big legacy projects are getting beaten by something that just minted, um, you know, a day ago or a month ago. Right. Like you, and I like wonder you said, you've got to redistribute these these people that got in cheap and you do and see I, the big pullback from it. I wonder how much it has to do with the discords, right? Like the Doodles Discord is very well known for its alpha, much like Kaiju's, much like Kong's. This is a much like Orcs, you know, these, these communities are known that you're not, that when you buy that NFT, you're also, also buying an alpha pass into their rooms. And it apparently is very, very good. And I do wonder if that's the difference. Cool Cats, they're much more of a creative community. You see a lot of derivatives come out of there. It's it's very wholesome in there. It's really that type of vibe. And I do wonder, now thinking out loud, I've never thought that before, because Doodles is very well known for that. And I love Doodles. And they're going to be, uh, they are an elite now. And they'll certainly be a contender for Blue Chip in the months to come. Yeah, I agree. I don't know, guys. Let us know what you think is uh, is going to be the next blue chip, or even if you disagree with anything that we just said. Uh, I'd love to hear the opinions on it. That was a great little sidebar. Uh, last question that I have for you about it. Where do you fit mutants into that? Apes, so, mutant apes. Well, it's interesting. I think they're informed by bored apes. Like that, like... Right. They, because it's a companion collection, I think it instead of giving it its own designation, I think it just makes apes more of a blue chip. It's more, it's more, it gives you more of the case that it is a blue chip because now they release a companion collection, which obviously has so much demand to get into this club that now its price is over 20 ETH and very, very desirable. And then the dogs, you know? Lowest entry into the club. They are now over 10 E. I would say they're part of a blue chip collection. That was my intuition yeah. too, right? Like we're going to start mm -hmm. looking at these things as like an umbrella term. Like it's not yeah. Bored Apes, yeah. the collection. It's Bored Ape Yacht Club, the club, right. entity, the club, the yeah, yes, the community, yeah. right? For mm -hmm. sure. No, no, I, I think that's a great take because that's exactly what I had in the back of my mind. Cool. Um, yeah, awesome. Let's go into crypto real quick. Not much to talk about there. Kind of just going sideways from yesterday. Uh, a little bit of a cool down. Actually, since I've refreshed, ETH has kind of went up from 3,100 to 3,200. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin's <laughs> kind of flirting with uh, 45,000. Those seem to Quick be a little back. bit of, uh, yeah. Um, they seem to be like our kind of next phase of resistance. Um, I know that you've said, you know, uh, getting back to uh, 2,800 and maybe, you know, 38,000, 40,000 will be healthy for the market, redistribute a little bit and uh, shake some hands out. But yeah, interesting. We're kind of just sitting in this channel right now and, and not a lot going on. Even in some of the uh, you know top 100 coins, I looked at the 24-hour gainers, nothing of note really going crazy. Every once in a while, you get these lower cap ones that go a little nuts, but I don't even find them relevant to mention. But, uh, but yeah, what do you think? This weekend, um, going through lots of hype, 
into the Super Bowl, not just for NFTs, as we've mentioned time and time again, but also I actually have an article pulled up. Might as well just coincide that together. Um, you know what? I closed it. Anyways, it was a list on Decrypt about who uh, who is um, known to have ads airing in the Super Bowl, and it is FTX, it is Crypto.com, it is <clears throat> BigEye. Yeah. Uh, those big companies are going to be front and center as well as uh, some some NFT-type deals. But I don't know. Do you think that ends up being a sell the news, or do you think that enough people, uh, enough eyes on this have attention, and, and you'll, you'll start to get that spillover effect of people saying, you know what, maybe I am going to go look at this? You may even be seeing it right now. I thought we would pull back to 2,800, 3,000. We hit like 3,220 on the nose the other day. That was like the upper end of my resistance. We pulled back to 3,000, like 30 for like three seconds. And we bounced back really hard here. I think we're getting to this point. We talked about how $125 million was removed from the NFT market with these very large auctions that we've seen over the last week, and it ain't coming back. That's being changed into fiat. So they could apparently build you know, out these games, right? So that got sucked out. But I also said, I don't think that's even going to remotely counter the amount of new money coming in. And we may already be seeing the effect of it. I mean, I, I, I think we all could be underestimating what the masses rushing in to buy a little bit of Ethereum so that they could buy some NFTs after the Super Bowl is going to do. I mean, hell, it. I, you know, either way, it could be worrisome. Whether we are, whether it'll be a sell the news and we blow off because the Super Bowl is too NFT focused, or it causes some sort of just maniac week where <laughs> where ETH rallies and NFT. Because why are they buying the ETH, right? You know, like that. That's the point. Like a lot of people. Love to say that NFTs go down when ETH goes up, but what if the only reason to buy ETH was NFTs? And really, we're getting to that point because if anybody buys ETH Sunday or Monday, it's going to be to purchase something on OpenSea or Looks Rare, not to deposit it into Yamcoin. Well, we didn't actually talk about this, but I think there was one day last week where the uh, uh, OpenSea volume actually surpassed the uh, mm-hmm. Uniswap volume, which was like, I think, the first time it ever happened. And that's a pretty that a good record. sign, too. Yeah. Um, it was and, weird. And here, here's the other thing, too, right? Like when people buy Ethereum and spend it on NFTs, right? That money doesn't just get spent once. It has a ripple effect throughout the entire industry, right? Like whenever I sell an NFT, my first inclination is what else can I buy, right? That mm-hmm. that money gets passed on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, it's not just like you don't need $100 million to enter the ecosystem to bring the total kind of like market cap up $100 million. It does a lot more um, for NFT floors than just that like straight dollar value. It gets moved around a lot. Sorry, you were about to say something. I was just finishing my thought there. No, I don't remember. Uh, everything looks bullish. I'm actually worried—not worried, but it could. It, it the chart is setting up like we could get a bit of an explosion to the upside, and that's not just in uh, crypto. Those those stock charts are looking wildly bullish, given how bearish we were a few days. You got to understand what that sentiment. That sentiment extreme the other week was very dangerous for bears, like. <laughs> people you got to think the opposite of what you're seeing in front of your face and as everyone was saying it was going to zero i saw sentiment indicators as oversold as they were when we had the covid crash and mind you markets were down 50 percent, 40 percent then this was 
this was a bear trap of all bear traps, and we may get some sort of bullish reaction here that could actually set up a bull trap of all bull traps. So just be reticent. Let's see what I, we. I almost hope it's not. I hope it we're very measured here. I would still prefer chop between three thousand and thirty two hundred for as long as possible before the next leg, but we'll see. So I just want to touch on something that Cass is saying. He say Nate Roth says that he feels the Super Bowl will grow the gap between normies and crypto heads, which I could see happening. The pump could very well put normies out of reach. I mean, here's here's my general thing. And, and you know, I think Robinhood is an example of a platform that is um, doing a good job of making the idea of fractionalization normalized. Uh, a lot of people, I think, think you have to buy a whole Bitcoin or a whole ETH to, to participate, right? And they see that price, 3200 or 44000 be like, I can't afford that. That's too expensive. Not thinking that you could put any amount of money into it and, and, and start to build a stack, right? Because traditionally, stocks, you own one stock. You had to own one stock. That's why they end up splitting. It makes it cheaper, blah, 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 blah. Um, so the idea of fractionalization is going to be important there. But here's the thing. I mean, everybody now is saying, I wish I had bought Bitcoin at 20,000. I wish I had bought ETH at 2,000, right? Those people like before were saying, I wish I had bought ETH at 1,000. I wish I had bought ETH at 500, right? It's it's not that it's out of reach. It's just this idea that um, on the way up, it's I missed the boat and on the way down, it's it's dead, right? But, you know, if if Eventually, people start to understand. Like every every time somebody does that, I wish I had bought Apple in the nineties. You you there's something today that you could be doing mm-hmm. that in thirty years will be mind blowing amounts of money. But people don't think about their time horizon in that sense, right? Thirty years is a long time to diamond hand Apple stock. And sure, maybe if you did that, you'd be a multi millionaire right now. But it's it's all everything in hindsight is 2020. And I know that sounds obvious, but, you know, I think people will eventually start to realize that, you know, it's just getting in and holding and accumulating over over a long period of time that's going to benefit them. And I think that financial literacy is 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 really getting out there. I think people are starting to realize that bull markets climb walls of worry and bear markets slide down hills of hope. And anytime you look in the rear view mirror, it looks very obvious. Shit, look at that bottom left to top right. You could have just bought at the bottom, sat there and made a lot of money. But you don't remember the whole way up. Bears telling you it was fake. This news story coming out. This person telling you they think there's a black swan of it. It's never this easy, clear path that it looks like in retrospect. Okay. So just be reticent and try to adjust your instincts to do the opposite of what they feel when we're at those extremes. When the market feels like it can never go down, that's when you sell. And when it feels like it can never go up, that's when you buy. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest realizations that I had, especially, you know, when I was working more than full time and I didn't have time to actively trade this or watch it or anything like that was like, I just set $100 a week buy. On Sunday, it never changed. It never altered. It was, I never turned it off. Um, and it just grew. I didn't have to worry about up or down or up or down. And there was lots of that in that, right? But it was just, you know, I think, I, I think that that, uh, dollar cost averaging is going to be important for, for people that aren't trading too, right? Like it eventually just all washes out. DCA. Not the, yeah, it's not the most optimal optimal way, but you know, you're also not going to get wrecked by doing it. Right. I mean, you know, everyone can't play on expert mode. You just got to no. do what works.
And if everybody is playing on expert mode, nobody's playing on expert mode. Your your advantage well, look, gets washed away. And this is what happened in poker. Once it stopped being a popular game and there were just pros there, all you were doing, yeah. it was all based on luck because you were just pushing around money to people who were just as good as you. It would just be like, who was hot that week? It was the same thing. You need the people. Casino, the casino was the winner. Just like you know, <laughs> you the exactly miners would be the winner in that, right? You're just <laughs> not the rake. Yep. In the poker game of life. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's keep this moving a little bit. Uh, lawmakers take aim at Puerto Rico as crypto tax haven. Uh, a lot of crypto millionaires have been moving to Puerto Rico. Uh, the taxes are very favorable. And as an American citizen, it is very easy to get there. Uh, but amidst a lot of cries of gentrification and, you know, not contributing as much to their government as some people would like, uh, they are they're going after Puerto Rico. Don't know how much this uh, this has to change, but the one thing that I would say, and I, th- I think you're in agreement, is that is that the the crypto community, these newly minted millionaires or even billionaires, um, are very mobile. They're very transient, and the second that a situation doesn't favor them, they're very easy to just get up and move. And that's one of the beauties of crypto is uh, is it just goes with you, right? And that I think governments are beginning to realize especially here in new york where there is a very large crypto presence some of the most important crypto entities exist in new york yet the laws are very very uh stifling and strict and i you know it's no surprise because crypto people are very willing to move their location to have fair and favorable regulation and laws Yes, I agree. Um, I mean, I'll be watching that. I'm not an American citizen. So as much as uh, Puerto Rico seems appealing to me, it would not be as easy for me to get there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've, I've heard great things about it. Um, this is probably the most interesting topic of the day. Meet Heather Morgan, the rapper and Forbes contributor arrested in the $4 billion Bitcoin heist. Unlike many people accused of crypto crimes, Heather Morgan has a very active social media presence. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was getting some uh, some Dexter Morgan vibes here uh, from this article, hiding in plain sight, living their best life like nothing was going on. Um, this was a very strange kind of turn of events. This was from the, uh, was it Bitfinex uh, hack about uh, in 2016. So God, almost six years ago. Crazy. Um, the now $4 billion worth of Bitcoin that was uh, stolen is been traced back to Heather Morgan and her husband, Ilya. Uh, they laundered funds and spent it on gold, NFTs, other items, everything. I mean, they were living a fabulously wealthy life and doing so in under the eyes of everyone on social media. Um, this is ballsy. I got to say, if I was sitting on uh, $4 billion in stolen funds, um, I would probably be hiding somewhere in the world. I would probably be living all right, but uh, I'd be looking over my shoulder constantly. She's on TikTok, on Twitter, rapping, saying she's a serial entrepreneur, talking about um, how to businesses. You even pointed out that somebody had asked her on TikTok if she had stolen $4 billion worth of crypto. And she said, yes, uh, this is wild. Yeah. You know, criminals want to get caught often. And this is just a very bizarre case of hubris, sociopathy, all coming together into one uh, crescendo of entertainment value. These are the criminals we deserve in 2022. This is the timeline 
that broke off in 2016 into this just wacky, wacky world of weirdness we exist in. And this makes a lot of sense. The single largest for uh, seizure, seizure ever by the Department of Justice. Bitcoin, $4.6 billion uh, stolen by these two lunatics with very um, close connections. And normally we say allegedly, but they have quite literally admitted to it on social media multiple times. I could bring up a TikTok. And have you ever seen the TikToks where people silently dance to music with the word yes and no above their head and then answer seemingly random questions by pointing to one and smiling or pointing to one and, you know, saying no, 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 whatever. Well, one of the questions she was asked was, have you ever stolen $4.6 billion in Bitcoin? She laughed and pointed to yes. Yeah. Exhibit A, your honor. Well, I mean, it's a great point. Like when you said criminals often want to get caught, you know that she is sitting on all of this funds and she wants the world to know that, you know, she she earned four billion dollars. You can't say it, but, you know, there is that instinct of like trying to tell everybody without telling them that it's you. She's going to end up in prison for a long time. So is her partner. Um, But, you know, that TikTok thing that you you mentioned really reminded me of the uh, during the um, what do they call it? The the Capitol Hill riots or or whatever. Um, Parler was an app that kind of broke away from Twitter to to be like a freedom of speech, uh, no censorship. You know, a lot of the the right wing people, the alt right or the far right um, kind of migrated to that after Trump got deplatformed. and the FBI went on to Parler. They made an official looking thing saying, you know, Trump is looking to pardon anybody that got uh, that was participating in Capitol Hill. You know, if you were there and you committed any felonies, please message us with your name, uh, where you're from and any crimes that you might have committed so that we can get the pardons all sorted out for you. And apparently they had like thousands of people that were just willfully giving them all of the information they needed to know to track these people down. And I think it really just ties back to that statement that you meant is like people want to be loud and proud about the shit that they've uh, they've done. And Vibo has pointed out that that TikTok video was fake, by the way. So I was had done been oh, had. Well, well, what can you do? Oh, these people allegedly I, stole four point six <laughs> billion dollars. We'll see how this works out in court for them. Yeah, I mean, they would have had to have seized the Bitcoin somehow, right? Like, if they have their hands on it, they got it. So, would that not have had to have been through them? Yes, but we still have to say allegedly. Maybe they were holding oh, it for okay. someone with no alleged. Oh, yes, holding four billion dollars <laughs> in Bitcoin, right? Allegedly, correct. I get it. Yeah, that's all. Um, that's it. That's all. Uh, we keep. Oh, there's that TikTok. Not the TikTok you were saying, but uh, one of the TikToks about her funding her um, multi-million dollar businesses with zero outside funding. I, I suppose she she was a surrealist rapper. Bitcoin. Surrealist rapper, yeah. Surrealist rapper. She could, she's gonna have a lot of time to work on her rap game. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I thought was really cool. Not. Um, because I'm an Alfa Romeo owner, not because it's glamorous or anything that you can trade, um, but the new Alfa Romeo SUV will come with an NFT service record. This is one of those things that, you know, we don't talk about it a lot because we're trading profile pictures, P2E games, you know, music NFTs where we're talking about quick flips or or minting and long holding as an investment. 
one of the underpinning things that uh, is important about NFTs and one of the reasons why they're not going to go anywhere is that they have really great use cases in regards to something like this too. So um, on the new Tonali SUV is going to be sold with an NFT that tracks the vehicle service history. Uh, and, and, you know, I think this is a great use case for, for NFTs. It's that immutable, trackable ledger to say, yes, I did all of the services at the required places when I when I was supposed to. Uh, this is how many kilometers are actually on the car. Whatever, all of those things, right? Um, and it's going to be a lot of transparency for resale value. You know, is there any accidents on record with this car? All of that stuff. So, um, you know, just a subtle use case. This isn't something that you're going to be buying and selling, but um, but something that's real world. And you know, a lot of people talk about housing deeds being on there. That one's a little tricky, uh, but. But, you know, I think that this is the direction that you're going to see a lot of things go into. And as this starts to permeate the normal world, you know, you could probably see it with, uh, you know, shoes or or rare Pokemon cards or sports cards, all of that stuff. As that starts to be a practical use case in the world, the term NFT, the idea NFT is just going to become easier and easier and easier to digest, too. Right. There's going to be a lot of people that bought this Alfa Romeo that has no idea what the fucking NFT is. And it's going to get explained to them. And you're going, oh, that's kind of cool. This is why we talk about <clears throat> the NFT industry will be very different than what you understand today. There's plenty of use cases beyond art. Art is the Trojan horse to get NFTs into people's lives. And then real estate, uh, cars, large goods will all be revolutionized by this technology. It's held back by hardware largely right now, too. And, and um, as adoption by large companies like Alfa Romeo continue, uh, that's going to change. And I'm very looking forward to this new world. Uh, crypto is NFTs, period. Yeah. That's, this you know, is the point of crypto block, cryptographic blockchain technology. I will say this. I've there's in the in the neighborhood that I am there's a a couple of Alfa Romeos and I see them and I really like them and it had crossed my mind to maybe look into uh to getting one but I've never driven one or or anything but seeing this I'm like hey maybe I should I've seen a couple of the uh, Lamborghini SUVs. You've seen this new, oh, new yeah. jam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've been around for a little while, but the Urus? Urus? Yeah, I'm seeing them now, yeah. though. I guess it yeah, takes yeah, a while yeah. for them to permeate. I've seen mm -hmm. a few recently. Yeah, yeah so I actually saw one when I was in Montreal um, at the... Um, at a, at a dinner club there, there was actually two of them and a Lamborghini parked all out front. I'm assuming they were from the same people. Can't imagine that level of wealth, but I was, uh, beautiful. I was very hesitant of the Porsche Cayenne. And to this day, it's the, my favorite car I've ever drove, driven. Yeah, apparently the they're SUV, wonderful yeah. SUVs too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I've heard mm -hmm. great things about them. So yeah, um, yeah uh, one day when the NFTs make me wealthy, maybe. Um, <laughs> it's an affordable uh, SUV. Well, it's probably what hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, fully loaded. Sure. Um, Grand Theft Auto game publisher highly convinced by NFT opportunity. Take Two's optimistic view on the opportunity and NFTs also comes with caveats and caution around the crypto sector's speculative side. Couple things about this article. Um, I love that now NFTs are the crypto sector's speculative side. When most people say that crypto is the uh, speculative side of the you know, of these markets and, and whatnot. So this is basically just crypto on crack. Uh, but we've talked about Take-Two, uh, the acquisition of Take-Two a little while ago, um, or Take-Two acquired um, another company. I'm having a hard time remembering about that one. But um, 
This isn't exactly news. We knew about this, but I do think that now that Grand Theft Auto 6 has been confirmed and is is well under development, um, if we're looking at maybe like a two-year time horizon for this game to come out, this seems to probably uh, align nicely with the the growth tra- trajectory of NFTs and you know getting them to the point where they're willing to implement them in the games. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Online is essentially its own little metaverse in a sense too. You have a house, you buy stuff, you you know you earn money and and all of that good shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it continues to happen. You see the news right in front of your eyes, and uh, the inevitability just continues to feel very very high. Yes. Yes, to all about. I well, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no. We could, yeah, we talk about the this last video game I actually ever played for like an extended amount of time was Grand Theft Auto, and uh, in many ways, I feel these type of things are very brave. And I know that sounds maybe a little, uh, you know, jaded or whatever, but this is career suicide often for these entities that are in traditional media or you know traditional art and. As we see, when a large entity like this announces that they are going to make this type of move, it is often smacked down very quickly, and they and they go back on their words. So I would be very, very happy for them to hold uh, this decision and move towards crypto gaming, as this was the last game I ever really liked. I feel a lot of those backtracking on the smaller publishers that are reliant on um, their their fans to to keep them going. I think that like Take Two or Blizzard, Activision, Microsoft have reached a, a certain threshold of of monetary value that you know if a couple people turn their backs on them, it's not as big of a deal. So I think that maybe it's like a smaller ones that uh, that often get smacked down pretty fast. Um, some of the bigger game companies are basically just saying this is it and it's coming and deal with it and. Uh, uh, you know they have the they have the ability to do so because at the end of the day, with all of the griping with things like Call of Duty or uh, like the Diablo franchises, the StarCraft franchises, all of that shit. I mean, people will say rah, 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 this and that, and they don't get it anymore. Blah blah blah. They still play them. They still buy them. And uh, I think that's going to be one of the biggest step forwards in adoption, too. And eventually it's going to make the smaller companies feel a little more at ease doing it, too. Like we talked about with Worms. Day one, they said we're doing it. Day two, they said, ha just kidding. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I'd like uh, to point out some obvious FUD on this. And I don't like to talk about FUD. It means fear, uncertainty, and doubt, if you don't know what the acronym stands for. But I'll just read this comment. Remember the episode where Homer drives a Canyon arrow yes. with a lipstick <laughs> compartment? That's how I'd imagine FMC in a Cayenne. All right, Icon, I will have you know that when my Cayenne drives down the street, it blows the panties clear off anybody who is looking <laughs> in that direction. So you can just hang up. You can take that FUD to another. Uh, I love that episode in that song when they're driving around it's like Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow. Great. Ah, great <laughs> reference, actually. That's uh, I forgot all about Inaccurate. That, but Bart gets in it and it starts echoing when he's talking. Hilarious. Mm. What did you say? Nothing. Inaccurate? Yeah, inaccurate, but a good reference. (laughs) 
Uh, last news article I have before we uh, we just kind of shift to full into NFTs and what we're going to talk about um, was Picasso's great grandson struggling to sell his Ethereum NFTs. Just 10% of the NFTs offered via Origin Protocol have been sold after a family skirmish derailed branding them as Pablo Picasso NFTs. I just thought this was an interesting discussion. Uh, Free Market and I talked about it a little bit before the show and, you know, um, do those genes pass on? I think we probably say likely yes. But at what point, you know, do you do you get to brand something as uh, Pablo Picasso NFT when it's not done by Pablo Picasso? Um, also, maybe a little bit surprised that these are struggling to sell too. These seem like something that people would have been all over. Maybe it's part of origin protocol. There was an interesting. There's an interesting argument that permeates normie uh, discussion about NFTs, which is that artists' work gets stolen and sold. Like this idea that some nefarious person right-click saves some artwork, pretends they're the artist, and then sells it. And we were even talking about this on the Morning Squeeze yesterday because we had uh, a DC Comics illustrator on who told us that this is something that people in her industry say all all the time or maybe even felt that they were victims of it. Well, just like this Pablo Picasso situation, I think people really underestimate how sophisticated collectors and investors are. And the idea that NFTs are actually easier to prove provenance on than traditional art, which is faked very easily with no public ledger to reference okay it's a it's a complete straw man there it's absolutely ridiculous the reason this isn't selling is because he's leveraging the name of his grandfather or 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 whatever this is to try to sell something collectors have no desire for and the idea that art can just be stolen and sold as an nft and that somehow takes something from existing artists it's a it's fake it's a fake talking point False. Sometimes I feel that narrative by artists is just this like, um, you know, doubling down on their stance of like the starving artist thing. It was just, mm-hmm. like you have this, you have this opportunity to do something, but you know, for some reason, someone told them it's not good, and now they're just you know, maybe even salty that they're seeing unknown artists making it. Like I use Ghost as a reference all the time. I mean, this guy's story is incredible you know, struggling to sell anything, um, moving around the world, you know, just working on his art day in and day out. He just randomly, you know, joins BitClout, finds some people he's talking to, throws some NFTs up on, uh, what is it, Rarible? Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, fucking Keith Grossman and Pranksy are buying them. Was it Pranksy? Uh, um, Vincent Van Doe. Vincent Van Doe, sorry, yeah, like you know what I mean. All of a sudden, like he's earning money, um, and not just from anyone. Like you can't even say like this is oh, this is wash trading. It's Ghost selling it to himself to pump the value up. It's money laundering. Now the fucking CEO or the president of Time Magazine and one of the most renowned NFT collectors in the world want his shit in their collection, and he's earning money off of it. That seems fucking great to me. I don't know about you, but this idea that um, everyone's getting ripped off. It's all a scam. And, you know, anybody that participates in it is a fucking scam artist is is such a weird narrative considering artists have long sought a way to earn money for their passion, right? Yeah. It, it is a complete straw man argument with no basis in fact. And anytime 
people outside our industry throw these things in my face, I ask them, do you have the data to support this? Because if they ask for the data to support my points, it's all immutable and on chain and I can point to it. Yeah, sure. Does money laundering happen? Yeah, but it happens fucking everywhere else in the world too. You know, um, the biggest, uh, the biggest transactable between illegal drug, dr- the drug trade is actually cash, you know? So, I, I mean, I just, the, the whole argument is so, yeah, it's not like the largest seizure in department of justice history was crypto based. I mean, guys back off. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, 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 breathe, man, breathe. Why not? Why not? Um, what do we want to talk about? It's Cool Pets Day again. Maybe it is Groundhog Day. I said over. It's <laughs> cool not. We just talked about they. They know how to stay in the news. I guess public sale for Cool Pets is going down. There's about four thousand of them left. Um, or maybe, yeah, I think it's about four thousand of them left for grabs. Uh, this is being minted from the website. They. Uh, I guess we're using the word allegedly a lot. They supposedly have figured out anti-bot measures. Uh, you're going to have to mint from the website. And if the contract is not botted, it is going to be a, a manual gas war hell. Uh, they're you know selling for 0.5 ETH. The floor right now, as last time I checked, the risky OpenSea refresh. Yeah, about 2.6 ETH. So yeah, 5X. People are going to be gassing the fuck out of this. And uh, and we'll see where it goes. That's going down at noon. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you have your one egg and your... Or you have two. I can't remember. No, I only have one. I didn't have buy one. another one. Yeah. And the yeah, yeah, price okay. just kept going up and I just kept watching it go up. Yeah, um, I mean, I could have bought the bottom and I, uh, I opted not to. And I'm fine with it. I, I will live to see another day. Yeah, I... I don't think there's anywhere near 4,000. I think uh, it's 1,900 plus a few people that did not mint their allow list spot. So maybe a few hundred on top because Cool Cat owners have unlimited amount of time to mint their pets. There is no time restriction. Uh, and I think about 80% of them have minted. Their, I, I even saw Psyduck, who, as we know, has over 100 Cool Cats. Um, uh, he was still uh, minting eggs yesterday. I, I don't know if he forgot or, you know, it look, there's a lot. It's a lot. I don't think you can mint 111 at once. Um, so he, uh, I still think there's a percentage of cool cats who haven't minted yet. And they're going to wait too, because it's the clone X vial effect, which are sitting at 55 each right now. What? So, 55? Yeah. Holy fuck. What, um, <laughs> when do those expire? June? Yeah, because they're not something like that. Like this? Is. No, 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 no. But you know, you can hold till June, and if there's yeah. if there's only two vials left, and there's a one of one in them, you're getting half the price that one of one is worth. Someone's yeah, gonna play yeah, a coin yeah. flip. That's with a, you. That is the, uh, <laughs> the risky proposition. It's, uh, it was like that. What it. deal or it. no deal? You know, when they get down to the two yep. suitcases, and it's like one dollar or a million dollars. You know, some rich person will play that coin flip. Fuck it. At those like uh, those kind of um, arcade things for you know for kids um, where they run around and earn the tickets or whatever. There's always that yeah. deal or no deal one there too, and I love just sitting there playing that one. Yeah, yeah. Pure pure degen plays. Um, yeah, so this is uh, this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I think now we can start talking about uh, that over under on price. Um, you know, there's going to be a gas war for this gas wars. 
typically tend um, to favor the floor price once these things all get minted out and people that kind of sent it and didn't get their hands on one now have to have to have to buy off the secondary because the supply is going to be pretty well capped save for you know most of the some of the cool cats that haven't minted yet but um i think now we can actually start talking about it so you initially had said that this could reach five i thought that was Mm -hmm. a very difficult price target to call but i did smash the over that was before all of the delays i i i can see that being a good line again yes that that would be my prediction here i think people are gonna have to guess where these to almost the price they're at now i would be surprised if people were paying uh <clears throat> you know a lot the thing is it's a very optimized contract so i shouldn't say that i mean you may fire off uh 10,000 guay and not even pay 0.2 or 0.3 uh in gas on top depending on what you send for prio i don't know what people's strategies are for that mm. um so we will see i i am not engaging in this manual gas war no, um, but I know that there was a lot of people that are going to send this and haven't bought off the secondary because, you know, they see that public sale as an opportunity. Yes. Um, and and after that opportunity is gone, then it could be off to the races for these. I don't I don't suspect we'll see them drop any lower than they are right now. I know. I mean, I don't know what on some level in my head. I'm like, why won't it be twenty one thousand? Why won't the miners just take everything? You know what I mean? I, because if it, these are going to five ETH, right? Like I, I think, you know, and it's unfortunate if you didn't buy your cool cat before this public sale, you may not have a chance. Um, I, I think everything could rally pretty damn hard here. Uh, as, oh, sorry. What's I'm happening just, right now? Yeah. No, 2,500. Yep. Shoebang is, uh, is clarifying for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have thought that, uh, I guess I was about to say I was surprised that so many people on the allow list didn't mint, but this is making more sense now. I mean, there's still yeah. 2,300 outstanding, which is uh, yep. a shame if you got on there. Makes me kind of believe that some people set it and forget it or had bots or I, I don't know what really happened with that. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm surprised at this many. I, I fully anticipated this being like 1,200 tops. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, public's going to be a gas bloodbath. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you have anything you have to do on chain, I would do it before noon because it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get sticky out there. Um, My work doesn't get back from raiding till six p.m., so I, I think gas will have calmed down again. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I guess suspect that people gonna... won't still be minting these at six p.m. No, but you know, <laughs> I didn't know this, but like when gas is high on L one, polygon gas is high. I mean, I guess it should make sense. I you know. I don't know why I thought it would be different, but the gas on Polygon also, like, you can accidentally pay a lot, a, way too much to roll your orc if you're not paying attention to gas. And again, it's so minuscule compared to, like, you may accidentally pay five bucks to roll your orc instead of three hundredths of a cent. But when you know that it's usually three hundredths of a cent, you're like, oh, fuck, why did I just pay five dollars? Whereas the cheapest yeah, it's ever. so funny, right? I know. Whereas the cheapest <laughs> it was ever. To do one action on L1, it was like 24 bucks, and I would celebrate. I was like, oh, my God, 25, 30 bucks to claim Zug or something. Now it's like, oh, my God, what did I just spend $5 on? <laughs> um, Cass is saying that uh, the Cool Cats said in their town hall they want a gas war, or at least a few have said that. Um, yeah, I mean, my... 
typical feeling towards a gas war um and and tell me if you agree with this or not is just that i think it is good for the project overall but you don't want the entire minting process to be a gas war right like you do have to try and somewhat fairly distribute uh the minting process throughout people who are originally supporting you uh maybe some people who contributed uh you know you give all these lists, and then when there's that small portion of it then almost like in an auction style you give the people who don't want to allow this grind don't care to you know participate in the discord stuff that you get you give that ability for people to like really throw some money at it to to grab one too and i think that's a pretty fair kind of distribution way i know a lot of people will say like oh the whales they could just buy whatever the fuck they want anyways like why gas ward but i mean at at the end of the day um i i think it's good for the overall health of the collection yeah you know I love my cool cat homies, but y'all are way too full of unicorns and rainbows uh, too often here, okay? We want a bloody gas war that leaves people dead on the road, bleeding and having lost some gas, and milk is going to $3, all right? Let Uncle Free uh, help you guys out a little bit here, all right? You guys don't have to talk about floor price. I'll do it for you, all right? This is what we want, okay? Let's get it done. Let's get it done. We want to see a few broken eggs here, uh, at 1 p.m. or whenever they're doing this. Yeah, what the reveal is tomorrow or the game starts tomorrow? Game, the game starts yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. So people using Fiverr in VAs equal OG, I could see that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean obviously some of that goes down. Um $3 milk. That, $3 milk? Mhm. Your average cool cat will be making $3,000 a day that first week. They're not even going to know what to do with themselves. <laughs> They're going to be shitting themselves. I, thing is, none of them are going to cash it out. They're all going to use it to evolve their pets. That's how the Ponzi. I mean, that's how the game works. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I'm just reading the chat here. Karafuru still hasn't revealed yet. Yeah, this is a meta that I would uh, I hope goes away pretty soon. Um, this is, I think, at this point by design. Um, it's it's starting to become uh, a bit of an issue, and people are willing to this sit on fucking- it and trade it. Please, let me just talk about this collection for one second, okay? Because sure. this, these fucking guys are, are a straight Murakami knockoff. Straight Murakami knockoff. That's all it is. It's Murakami's art formed into whatever the fuck this thing is. Now, well, I, I, I've wondered quietly in my own head, I wonder what Murakami thinks of this project. Very high projects, getting a lot of press, blah, blah, blah. The other day, these Karafugazi assholes tweet out a picture of the Murakami Pixel Flower project that's coming up, that account followed them. Not Murakami, not Clonex, not da da da. Whatever, so whatever person they hired to run the social media for these Pixel Flowers followed the Karafuru account for so they were tweeting this out like Murakami blessed the fucking collection. Fuck out of here, Karafugazi. <laughs> Get off my screen. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, but why did Mirakami decide to do what he was doing? You know, like, I, I don't know. Those, those like pixel flat, this, this is what you're talking I about, right? No. Yeah. I mean, come on. You Fuck have out of here. Up. What? Me? No, there's these people bragging about this. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. But like, the, look at the like the this that that's that's the art that he chose to put out. I'm I'm disappointed. I Stop am questioning disappointed. the gods among us. Just wait to say. Yeah, I love. Hey, it. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Who knows what? Who no. knows what utility these flowers are going to have? Who knows? Look at that thing. 
I think Karafuru is the bomb. I love them, but also respect Murakami a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, we're we're all entitled to our opinions. I I you know what? I actually think the art was pretty cool on them too. But I understand the uh, the frustration by it. What's really bothering me is the reveal. Twenty four hours left to reveal. When were these minted? Like, why was this not ready to go? That they this is just. I mean, fifteen thousand dollars of e or fifteen thousand ETH in volume has been traded with these little balls floating there. We saw it with Hape five days ago. Okay, so they're going to be looking at basically a seven-day reveal process. I just, I just think it's it's too long. I, I agree long. with you, uh, JRP. I think Carafu is the bomb too because I've been a fan of Murakami for decades. I love the Carafu art because I've seen it before. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. What else did we have going on today? Uh, kind of two polar opposite tweet threads that I wanted to share. Um, we talked about this yesterday. Oh, shiny tweeted out how to judge an NFT project team. Since the beginning of the NFT space, there have been standout winners, low life grifters and everybody in between. Here's how you make sure that who you buy from is legit, high quality and investment worthy. Uh, I thought this was a really great topic that got brought up yesterday because often we talk about and get asked about what red flags are for a project. And I don't think that we often talk about what are the good things that are a, a project uh, does, you know, how they handle their community, uh, how they handle their own personas, uh, the the quality of art, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I just thought this was a kind of a good reframing and it kind of like, it almost flipped my mind. It's almost that like that differentiation of you're always looking for the negatives. Like how can we pick something apart? And this was a good way of saying, you know, like how can we celebrate what the good teams are doing? Um, you know, he goes on to talk about the Anon team, the riskiest of all teams. Where, hey, Satoshi is an Anon. Look at Bitcoin. Um, look for them to be. So if the team is anonymous, look for them to be process driven. The more details, the better. Innovative. If you can't trust their past, trust their future. I think that's an incredible statement. Um, and accountable. They show up when needed. We talk about this a bunch too, is, uh, you know, going back to red flags, is if a team doesn't want to not just come on our show or talk to us, but talk to anybody, if they're not accessible, if they're not answering your DMs, if they're not uh, assuading issues in the uh, Discord and, and, and fixing things, like that's, you know, that's uh, a lack of accountability and it shows that there's no real intention um, to uh, to do the right things, right? So on the, the flip side of it, if they're not going to be an actual person behind the account, at least have them accountable. Uh, the docs, a step in the right direction, just because their name isn't public or just because their name is public doesn't mean that they're competent. Look for them to be experienced in similar types of work, in good standing with past friends, collaborators in the community and liable, take responsibility. I would even add another one in there and say that um, look for like, how long their accounts have been active for. Like, you know, I, I guess that's kind of going, but so many times people think a team is docs. And then once you start going down the rabbit hole, all of the profiles have been set up in the last two months, one month, two weeks, you know, and, and, and it's that idea of like, Oh yeah, it's a person there. Like, is it, you know, make sure that there's a long standing history of them engaging in, in, in whatever they say they're doing. Um, celebrities have powerful brands, but they're here for a cash grab or are they building something that lasts? Look for them to be students hungry to learn, participation, accessible, connects with the community, uh, enduring. Will they stand the test of time? You see people like Snoop, you see people like Paris Hilton, where they're engaging, they're interacting, they're, there's a process of discovery there. And then you see people like Floyd Mayweather, who doesn't give a fuck about NFTs. 
NFTs. He gives a fuck about the money that's being paid for him to say the word NFT. And he's not accessible. He's not learning. He's just on camera saying, buy this, right? So that was good. Um, the extra hype. You've seen it on Insta. The Discord is popping. The whitelist has people trying to uh, flying to Bali, but will they deliver? Look for them to be progress focused. Launch is just day one, 100% true. Social savvy. Can they keep scaling the audience and brand specialists turn hype into money? And then the most important part of finding a good team is your own patience. So do your own work, get a good feel for what's going down. Um, and, and, you know, stick with projects that you, uh, you believe in and you have conviction and you get a good feeling about them. So I thought this was a really great thread. Um, free market. What else would you add on to this list? Well, I, I don't know. I think he did cover a lot of what I talk about. And I, I, I purposely don't listen to the Oh Shiny show or any other NFT podcast because I don't want my views to be colored for our show. I want them to be fresh, whether they're right, wrong, indifferent, or whatever it is. But I greatly respect him. And this thread uh, it encapsulates why. I think the general argument out there is which type of these teams you should bet on. Like an Anon team is worse than a Doxed team or that a hype project is worse than the this, you know, like all these comparisons people make on a daily basis when this is the proper nuanced take. There is no archetype of team that can't put out an amazingly successful, even blue chip project. But he would very neatly lines out what to look for in each of these individual teams. So instead of framing the argument as you should buy this team over another, he frames it as these are the things you should look for in each type of team to consider it uh, an investment for your, for your ETH. So shout out to O'Shiny. Really well done. Yeah, and like I said before, I love the kind of reframing of it because, again, like sometimes we just get, uh, you know, dug into the mud and looking for all of the shit. And, you know, sometimes you can look up to, um, on the counter argument, getting into the shit, uh, there was this thread and it's going to lead into a bigger discussion, uh, a project full of red flags, case study, inner circle pass thread below. Um, my thoughts on one of the most recognizable art collectors in NFTs, 210,000 followers. Let's call them nine, nine, nine. I don't know why I didn't just say the, the name he's implied it uh, way too many times in this thread. Um, but this is something that, I don't want to say I feel victim to because at the end of the day, I bought and sold for a profit. So good for me. Um, but it was just this like Kool-Aid type cult where there were these big exorbitant promises um, that weren't met. You know, he says, I was a fan, held the project for six months when he would jump into the discords and grace us with his presence. Community would go wild. If he bought a new project, sales would fly. He launched the Inner Circle membership, uh, promising that he was going to change 8,888 8, people's lives. Now, we've talked about this a lot on the show. That's way too many people to make that promise to. That is a lot of people. And that is a, uh, a bold statement to make. And yet he made it and made it yet. He made it and people bought into it. Um, they gave, this gave access to free airdrops from his artists that he collects uh, a few red flags history. Prior to this project, he launched a project, another project, the new world where famous artists were to be showcased. I don't think this project ever actualized. Uh, I think that included fuck render and boss logic. And that's kind of just always, existed but like who knows what the fuck that's been utility 
Since September launch, there have been three airdrops. This is the biggest thing. I haven't been following 888 since I sold it back in, I think, November. But the fact that there hasn't been an airdrop since then is just fucking mind-blowing to me. Uh, Most of them are now valued under $100. Um, Two of his core leaders abruptly left, and they were the face of the brand. Roadmap and execution. Partnerships announced with Cool Cats that never happened. This partnership was announced in October and still hasn't come to light like that's fucking wild i mean i remember the price pumping from that and this is this just still doesn't exist um you know he did a sneaky vampire syndicate collab and that like left so much to be desired uh the the jason c rugs he literally made a rug a pattern a pattern rug that you know you'd be hard pressed to be able to sell for 0.01 e like these things were just tragic. Um, poor organization where a messy Discord server had to be closed and we had to move on to another one. Being in there and banning people that were asking questions about the project, uh, asking legitimate or, have, or voicing legitimate concerns to them, and you were just getting banned, huge red flag. Like that, you know, I get it when somebody is in there like shilling random projects, posting bad links, um, just being nonstop FUD because they want to or they have fun. Like, you know, sure, as long as if there's no substance behind what they're saying um, and they just won't stop. Like, I I guess I kind of get it. It can be toxic for the community. But when somebody's in there asking a question about like, you know, you said this, how long or, you know, what was the meaning behind this? And you just get banned. Like, fuck that, honestly. Um, And it goes on and on and on. But Here's why I bring this up, because we could have talked about this any time in the past two, three months. Um, He launched another project. The 888 Inner Circle is expanding with the 888 Outer Realms or whatever. This guy is fucking selling 80,000 more membership passes. 80,000 for 0.088 playing into this like 888 thing that he's got good fortune, blah, 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 blah. You couldn't deliver any fucking promises for the first 8,888 people that you sold this to. You've been talking out of your ass for the better part of half a year. And now you're going to sell this to 80,000 more people and expand the membership. It was too fucking big to begin with. This is just egregious. And I really, really hope that anybody associated with this guy turns their back on them. I cannot believe that these are selling. They sold out um, this one. I'm not even going to click the other ones, but it looks like it's been a play. Like, I don't I don't get it. I I really don't. And again, like I said, I I drank the Kool-Aid for a while. I believe that this guy would deliver on it. Uh, and I sold and I'm happy to have now. And and the price of the 888 inner circle is higher than when I sold it. But I don't care about that fucking minuscule little profit that I missed out on because I am just so happy to not be thinking about this person in my day to day life. And seeing this pop up now just blew my fucking mind. I just I don't get it. This just is is just crazy to me. I genuinely don't know who this person is. And I didn't know six months ago. Uh, take the three ETH. That's my comment on the entire saga. Famous uh, statement when uh, when it hit three. And here's the other thing to me too, right? The first drop that they did was the Mala Mala Vida um, circle that went around the profile picture. I actually thought it was kind of a cool marketing. No fucking clue who this person is, (laughs) or why people listen to him. I thought, whatever. I thought it was I a cool know. marketing thing at the time. You saw a lot of people with it around their profile picture. You know, they had a site where you can automatically put it up in there. He has a name. I don't know. Um, a sign of financial stability. 
but you you put out all of these other projects and you literally just recolored those Malavitas. Like you literally didn't offer anything different for this. It's a joke. Um, Illidan is saying, don't forget, none of the money or royalties from the first fucking first fucking raise hasn't been used to do diddly squat for the first group of buyers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yes, yes, definitely take the ETH and hide your kids, hide your wives. Yeah, I mean. He outlasted Beanie. What's that? He should make an NFT that says I outlasted Beanie. I would buy that. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look for some of these, uh, look for some of these people to really start to flame out. I, I just, I cannot believe that this is being supported in the way I do. I, do I even want to do the math on how much money this raises if he, if he sells them all out? Like it's in the tens of millions, if not pushing a hundred million dollars. And it just, it makes me sick at this point, honestly. I think so. it's just crazy. Cause we can see it. Right. I mean, you know how many companies right now in China are making shit that breaks in a day and shipping it to Walmart and target and every store in America. I mean, we're being fucking scammed every day for 0.01 e by every entity in the world. We can just see this easily. This isn't surprise. You know, this That's is a just a point. sign of how much more we have to grow. All right. This is uh, please. I'm so these people are smart. They're making a ton of money. Not NFTs. I just, it's I the feel same damn humans have run since the beginning of time. I'm I'm glad that I'm out of it now because looking back on it, it it was like it almost became a meme with the wealth and all of that stuff. But like it was so culty, like the idea of buying into this and like there's gonna be people that actually are supporting this move now. Like, oh, he's gonna raise so much money to support the first that eight thousand. Like, isn't that just a fucking Ponzi? Right? Can, mm-hmm. can, can you do raise money? So I don't know. Fuck. This guy Ponzi's needs to- all the way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always has. The only thing that's not a Ponzi is community. I know it's fucking an annoying, annoying cliche to hear every day, but it's the only thing that's real because it's thousands of people out there advertising your, your cult for you. Okay. None of these things have actual community. They just have people who want to get rich. That's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, amen. I believe I, I I completely agree. Um, Illidan is saying, I mean, he legit could have used all of that money to make a real profile picture uh project that people actually wanted. <laughs> well, I mean could he? I don't know. You could have done it without that money. Too, I think it would have just I think I think he could have made people want it pre-mint and it would have been a piece of junk and it would have gone to zero also. Oh, it's just kicking the Ponzi can down the road. Kicking the Ponzi can do down the road. That's Love all. it um all right yes i guess the last kind of thing of the day uh not last i mean we have a couple more things to talk about i did do, do a little bit of a dive on uh pixel verse and pixel pets looks very very cool we'll talk mm. about that towards the end of the show um but the egg of, of the, choice for many people well let's talk about the og egg here kaiju kings <laughs> added to the the coinbase roster and uh saw some movement yesterday Big congratulations to Dots and the uh, the Kaiju Kings team and the Kaiju Kings community. Um, still don't have the blue check on their project, but they are getting legitimized by Coinbase NFT. And uh, and I think this is very exciting. I can only imagine how rabid and, and wild the Kaiju Discord was going yesterday, and I'm sure you were partaking. Kaijus are party animals, okay? What separate, you know... All these all these alpha rooms that are good, like the ones you hear about that are good, they're good because they get the same alpha, right? Like it's the good it's the good alpha. It goes to these rooms, so that's all the same. But each one has its personality, right? Like 
doodles are those guys who stand outside art galleries smoking parliaments and talking about derivative art and like kongs are the the guys who stand outside their wall street bank you know drinking coffee and talking about you know what the fuck ever and kaiju's are wild ass party animals. And if this is the greatest fucking atmosphere, when something good happens and you get into that kaiju room, I mean, you'll laugh for 30 minutes straight. They're just, they're a bunch of maniacs. The alpha is fabulous. And of course, yesterday was a goddamn party. We've been sitting here for months waiting for that blue check on OpenSea, right? Because it, it, it lends some credibility to your collection, whether you like it or not. And why didn't they have a check? Some people speculated it was a token. It was this or was that. Cool Pets has a blue check from the moment it debuted. So whatever OpenSea's reasoning is, they can fuck off because the real blue check is being added to Coinbase. All right. And that's what's happening for Kaiju Kings. Uh, I don't use the word blue chip lightly, but I do like to predict the ones that I think will be. And Kaiju Kings are it. I, I'm, I have been wildly bullish on these. They are, they are, they feel almost misunderstood like my bastard. But this is, I've said it many times, some of my favorite art from last year in December when they were at their absolute bear market lows and people were leaving the community and quite literally demanding the devs do something, not in a meme jokey fashion. Uh, I aped into more. I love this project. I am so excited that they're a launch partner and a huge shout out to Dots and Matzo and the whole team over there. Dude, I totally I, thought you were going to say that the real blue checks were ones we made along the way. I was no. going to just like, uh, no, no, it's no like, I don't say shit like that. But what I, I, the real blue check is being recognized by someone like Coinbase. Because when we talk about accessibility or, you know, attainable luxury, right? Apes have gotten to the point where they're no longer attainable luxury. Like this is this is luxury. This is you have to be wealthy to buy. Or excuse me, I said attainable. Aspirational luxury is the term that they use uh, in retail now. So Apple is aspirational luxury. They're more expensive products. Most of the premium is in the hardware design, not its functionality. And it's an aspirational luxury product. If you go to China. There's a lot of swag that comes with having that Apple logo on the back of your phone, right? It's, it's, it is aspirational luxury. Now that things like even cool cats are getting out of the price range for your average person, they are going to start looking for the aspirational luxury items of which I think kaijus exactly fit that bill. So I think Coinbase is the perfect place for kaijus to flourish. And I'm really, really looking forward to that marketplace coming online. Yeah, so it's looking like the uh, the kaiju's have crossed over the five ETH floor for the Genesis. Is that the highest they've gotten ever? No, they were up to seven during the first hype cycle, and they got up oh, to okay. six point one when Azuki's were hitting that seventeen ETH, and the market was a little frothy. And then when ETH started rallying off twenty four hundred, the babies were at about two. The Genesis were at six, and they pulled back. I think Genesis got down to four point one or something like that, and Babies got down to one point four. So. I I feel like in some years' time, um, not buying Kaiju's uh, the Genesis ones when they were uh, much lower during that November December kind of bear market will be one of those ones that really like 
burn my ass. Go like, look I, at that, go change to the backgrounds. Go to the side to the properties. Change to the backgrounds and look at the rarest backgrounds. It's called um, Tokyo Night or yep. uh, something like that. Go to the Main the Street. Ra- Main Street. Go yeah. Go, click on Main Street. Okay. Okay. Clicking on Main check Street. Check out. Yes. Check out the floor here. Right. It's like seven. Then it goes to eight, nine. Da, da, da. I paid one point six for one of these in December. All right. Oh wow. And, and these have been moving at that price, okay? And, in fact, a, a less rare background sold for like 7.8 yesterday. Now, mind you, these are rares. It's all about what the person likes. They're not liquid. Mm-hmm. You know, it could take weeks listed at that price to sell, but that is what they, that is what they go for. Now, I will say this with an absolute seriousness and straight face. Genesis Kaijus are going to be 50 ETH at some point. The, I, I absolutely, absolutely believe these will be blue chips one day. I think these will be very appealing to a younger generation of celebrities, a Gen Z-esque blue chip, a blue chip for performers and TikTok influencers and rappers, okay? This will be what they gravitate towards. So I, I could not be more bullish on Kaiju. And I, I said in the pre-show, I cried during yesterday's news. I, I believed in this project so much. And there was a point in December where, you know, people who you thought were really going to stick with it were just paper handing and leaving the community. And it got quiet in the alpha rooms uh, then. But you know what? It was the most fun because the real core kaijus were there and they're the guys making it uh, amazing right now. That yeah, is a you, legitimate you rally community. together. You 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 bind yourself, you know, like if, if you've often said that um, nothing is more binding than, you know, getting rich together. Um, but I also think the inverse can be true is like sticking with something when it, you were down on your luck. Should I have sold, you know, was this, is this the end? And you have that core group of people that, you know, rally together and say, you know, fuck no, like, you know, we're, we're going down with the ship and all of a sudden we're, we're, you know, we're back, baby. Right? All the Kaijus on the floor in December, people had paid, I'm talking seven to 10 ETH. I mean, they were taking fucking monster haircut. The Genesis yeah. floor was under two. We were between one. We were between like one point two and two for at least a month. All right, people really left these for dead. And I, I keep going back to art because people love to say the art doesn't matter, but you bond over art. It's like a band. Don't you remember bonding over bands in high school? And it's like what coalesced a group of friends. And even today, you'll talk about remember that song, remember that concert. This that's what this is. That's what this is. When kaiju's meet up. And they put like the little kaiju head photoshopped on the picture and everyone has their arm around each other. People love that shit. Like it's fun. Everyone's having fun. And that fun is a big component here. These are entertainment properties. People miss that. Like you go into these grind discords. It, it, I mean, it's ridiculous when people compare them to something really oppressive like slavery, but it certainly feels fucking bad in there. It feels like malaise. It feels terrible. It does not feel that way in kaijus. It is quite the opposite. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's always been known as an incredible community. Um, God, I'm looking at the Coinbase thing, and we're talking about Coinbase being a stamp of legitimacy, and I didn't even fucking realize this, but look what else was. <laughs> <laughs> like, no! You had to scroll that low. I give my whole spiel. I do my whole uh, thing here. And I'm so sorry. Well, I, I scrolled and I couldn't even undo it. It's all there. Everybody saw it. What does it, it say? 
We are excited we are to welcome so legendary collector career vision 888. Wow. In the inner circle. Wow. Uh, swing and a miss there. Um, when Coinbase NFT? When the when the hell is that going down? I feel like we've been a month away from that for the past five months. Yeah, I am guessing that they're given what they want to do. So here's the thing, right? We've all we were all worried about how regulated and how KYC it would be, and whether they would let coins that have tokens and all. Literally, every fear we've had has been batted down. They even didn't they even say it wasn't going to be KYC Coinbase. Or no, maybe that was OpenSea was never going to go. I don't. The point is, I have a hard time believing that Coinbase won't be KYC. Yeah, I guess it would have to be. But I think that Coinbase has a lot more regulatory regulatory hurdles to go through than most, especially with how ambitious they want to be. Like just the fact that they're letting ape token and milk token, you know, NFTs that have these things on there could be sticky to regulators. We don't know. I don't even, you know. I don't want Coinbase getting in there and explaining to the SEC what Zug is personally. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure those conversations are happening as we speak. Man, I am so sorry. I, I have the um, the stream opened up on a, another uh, tab just because I like to keep uh, tabs on it. No pun intended. Um, but man, chat has actually been going on. I thought you guys just stopped talking and... Uh, uh, mine is frozen. So, um, Freemark, I'm going to throw this out to you. What other projects should we be looking at for uh, Coinbase NFT um, uh, partnerships? And I'm going to kind of relaunch uh, my restream. It won't cut it out, but I'm just going to jump back in there so that I can actually see what people are saying. Um, I think they may have already announced Crypto Mori's. Uh, I think Little Lemons are a very obvious candidate because it's affordable relative to other ones it's cute it's wholesome it, it, it would the blue would the yellow and the blue would be a nice uh, contrast for coinbase so obviously little lemons i actually think something slightly controversial like mfers would be interesting because i think coinbase has to do a something slightly edgy and i think bringing the most famous meme in crypto into their fold and being able to tweet out the word mfers with actually without saying motherfuckers uh could be coinbase's way of pretending that they are edgy and fresh um yeah i mean i would expect to see some some collections they pretty much announced all the ones that i would guess i mean dead fellas right Kaiju Kings was kind of the last one I was holding out for, but maybe you guys have some suggestions in the uh, in the chat here. Oh yeah, the chat stopped for me too at ten forty two. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with that. Was uh um. Uh, well, I could never respond to the chat anyway. I'm I'm in some weird guest mode here, or yeah, I don't have a response. I'm gonna figure that out, and I don't. Um, I, I can read it off from the other one because I have like the YouTube thing open. Um. B Vlad saying no KYC with Coinbase. That's what the VP said during an interview. Yeah, interesting. I did hear that. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, and they, like that was this was, and I'm glad you said it because now my point really makes more sense. All the things we thought that they were going to do because it had to be this centralized entity, they basically said no. We're letting on tokens. We are not doing K. Blah blah. blah. Maybe that's harder for a company like Coinbase to pull off, given their regulatory, and that's why it's been paused. Can't imagine it's a tech thing, right? Like Coinbase can just throw unlimited money at at ten x engineers and and get something beautiful out. Yeah, so I'm not sure. That too. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing it's regulatory given how ambitious they're being and trying to, and kudos to fucking them, man. They launched something with no KYC and uh, utility tokens. I good for Coinbase. I will, I will happily be happy for Coinbase. Let's see what that percentage on the back end is. I am still a fan of looks rare and that would be my site of choice. Anytime I make an NFT purchase period, um, but thinking about the masses and how they would do things and approach and have access, if they if Coinbase pulled all this off, I would tell people to go to that over OpenSea. I, I feel no desire to give OpenSea business until they start. Um, well, one of the yeah. um, one of the things that I saw pop up about OpenSea was what is called, I guess, uh, I think it's technical debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, the, the, the coding in the platform of which you've built the entire thing doesn't scale properly. And it's not like they can just throw more server space or more money. And I'm not excusing them because hopefully if that's the case, they're just doing a full rebuild from the ground up, which would, which would be difficult. Um, I, I would hope that Coinbase is more than addressing this issue and they understand scaling and on mass, I mean, Coinbase, um, has been the criticism a lot of, you know, during these high volume pumps or, you know, high volume dumps, honestly, uh, Coinbase also goes down and makes it very, very difficult for you to participate in the action. Um, I would hope that uh, in building this NFT marketplace that they seem to have been doing for the past few months, they are, they're going to be addressing all of the issues that we see with, uh, with Coinbase, um, OpenSea, my apologies. Definitely. So, I mean, I, I'm curious, I, they, you know, I think they said first quarter this year. So they have about another uh, 45 days. It's yeah. to maybe, to, maybe, to get maybe Super Bowl, Super. maybe something that I was going to say, yeah. man, is this the, I don't know, R2, is this the quiet before the storm? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, they absolutely yeah, I have the money to take out ad space on the Super Bowl. Right, they, right. They, they can throw that as a, a dent in their marketing budget. There's got to be some surprises, right? We can't know everything. It'll be disappointing if the Super Bowl is everything we've said and nothing we didn't expect. That would be, <laughs> that would be the only thing that's disappointing. To we've hiked I mean, it I know up to the point where it just has to be disappointing now. Like, well, aliens way, are going to fucking land. And- <laughs> We have said a lot. I'll say this. If they can somehow holographically project those board apes on the performers uh, during the halftime show, I don't care if we predicted it. That'll be fucking epic. <laughs> That'll be epic. Yep. I know the um, tech go, is there. Let's go, yeah. Going with the uh, chat here, we got some people saying lemons for Coinbase. Definitely the Littles, Chibi Apes. Wonder Littles Pals. is good. Uh, Cambo hoping generative dungeon is, uh, let me there. reset too. So I can see the screen. I'll be back. No, I can't see it. I, I I'm pulling it up on like YouTube being on oh, okay. the browser. Uh, I don't know what happened with restream here. It's borked. Um, but I am just, uh, I'm following along on another, if you can open up another <laughs> browser and stream YouTube with it, uh, you'll be able to see. Um, yeah, but uh, Swamp first mentioned in there. I think Littles is a great call. I would love to see Lemons on there. Don't know if that will uh, will happen. Um, I actually think but, there's a very good chance Lemons get on Lemons, there. yeah, yeah. And it's um, the type of collection that could see it. I mean, look, all the collections, if you look now, because everyone worries about that first day pump, and then, of course, the volume goes away and the collection pulls. But every Coinbase announcement that's happened, but... Look at the long-term trajectory of everything they've announced on Coinbase. Legit. Look at that long-term trajectory. These have all, like, even Deadfellas. Didn't they announce Deadfellas at, like, 0.4 or something when they were still 0.4? 
Well, Coinbase isn't, yes, uh, correct. Coinbase is not going to um, be putting rugs on there. I'm sure the uh, the teams are being somewhat vetted. Uh, there's a process here. And um, I, I think that Coinbase is, you know, taking into account that they want projects that have a, a longevity to them and a continued <clears throat> longevity, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I can definitely see why the the long term trajectory of the projects that have been announced to Coinbase should be pretty good. I, I think it is, like you said, a great stamp of approval. Aside from that eight 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 nod there that we uh, passed uh, passed by, Hologram also said if Coinbase lets staked ETH two customers use that for NFTs kept in custody on Coinbase NFT, that's a game changer. I've heard no one talk about. It. That's brilliant. I love that. Um, I, I just I, I think that there's so many amazing things that Coinbase has the opportunity to do. Um, I know that they've kind of, with regulatory issues, been shot down with some of their like um, not staking uh, uh, like DeFi plays that they were planning on doing, and they kind of they got uh, pushed away from that. But you know, combining any kind of maybe collateralization or or anything like that for coin uh, for Coinbase and NFTs is, uh, is is like you said a game changer. Indubitably. Indubitably. Kaiju's in a Coinbase NFT commercial during the Super Bowl. That seems highly speculative. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, oh, that would be good. Does I mean, looks, they're very, they're very uh, photogenic. They are. They are. I've always loved seeing your profile picture um, of that. I am rocking it today, even on the Twitter, and to celebrate. I, I changed it. We... We found out the news while we were on the Lemon Spaces yesterday. I mentioned in the pre-show, I started crying and I did change my uh, PFP to a kaiju live on the show. Yeah. Shocking for the Lemon community. Um, <laughs> sorry, just scrolling through. Ooh, I just got a new, I just got my first chat. Oh, did it pop and up? And it's oh, somebody posting twi- their oh. MetaMask and begging it's- from Twitch. I guess Twitch is working. Yeah, maybe Twitch chat is working. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm new to NFTs and crypto. I'll tell but something. Really I, want to start. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm sorry if this is legitimate, but I'm blocking this. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you something, sir. If you're watching, um, from a a young man named Shubong once came to me with a similar proposal uh, on a on a site called BitCloud when his coin was worth about two dollars and he had. Uh, only the money that Merlin had given him to his name. And I said, maybe you, if you came up with a better approach to, the, <laughs> to asking people to invest in your coin than directly, uh, you'd get somewhere. And today he is a cool cat maven, uh, w- one, of the, one of the largest NFT collectors in India, um, in the world maybe. Um, so big facts. I, have, I actually have great hope for you. I just think you need to change your method. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough ask. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, but, um, cool man's, uh, penguins saying cool man's love that call. I could totally see that too, especially with, uh, cool man, coffee, Dan's built in following that he already has Sanchez, uh, JRP is asking his chat working. No, I don't know what happened with the YouTube chat in restream. So I'm going to be reading it on, uh, on, on another channel. So I apologize. There might be a bit of a delay there. Um, good segue to lemons. Yeah. You want to talk about a little bit of lemons? They went through a little bit of, um, a pump yesterday, if you want to call it that. What started Not that really. We were, 
Yeah, we were doing our interview yesterday, and then all of a sudden, the the lemon bot started going off. They had been sitting at point three two about, but the what you know, like P, the floor is basically point four to point four five, and then people will undercut it when they need quick liquidity. So those little dips like don't last too long or whatever. Um, and then it rallied up to point five yesterday as quite a few went off, and and then it pulled back. So. This is just, you know, we're still working through. There's so many people that paid 0.02. There are people that paid over one. So you have people who are both cashing out still at 20x, right? And then you also have people who are taking a big loss who bought at the top who just can't look at it anymore. So we have to work through that supply. We've taken off about 200 lemons from the market that were there before the last pump. And that's all you can ask for. You're, you're, you're slowly, slowly adding uniques, getting lemons off the market, creating that supply. People get fooled by the floor price. That's why you see people undercut. They don't realize if they didn't list for a few days, the gravity that would happen. So, but it's not, it's, this isn't a bad thing. You almost want this because now it gives you weeks to have cheap lemons sitting there, people who don't understand how NFT works, and it creates a supply crisis underneath the surface where the floor price looks like it's either down or or stagnant or dead. And this happens across all NFT collections, whether it's distribution, because it works the other way as well. You can see a very high floor maintain on an nft collection but people sneakily selling okay in a, in a in a smart way almost the opposite of what's happening on the little lemon friends floor where the thing stays elevated right even though there's actually distribution underneath the surface and that wall is getting thicker even though you see the price stay the same so it works both ways there's a supply crisis brewing in lemons but this is a slow organic community it didn't have an influencer pump like Alien Friends. It only had 7,000 people in the Discord at Mint, and it doesn't care. There's no pressure on this collection. So there you go. Yeah, uh, Campbell's asking. Oh, also, by the way, um, the YouTube chat is now back. I see there, that. So Look, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Thank you, guys. We're, we're back. Oof. I feel lost without my audience. My, I, my know, people. I know. I love you guys. We weren't ignoring you, I promise. Uh, Campbell's saying what utility Lemon Friends come with. Just un- so he's saying, sorry, I'm informed. Community. I, I think I, I don't. Utility understand. of friendship. I, here is what, here is the issue, okay? I find roadmaps to be a scam. There is, you, I don't care what the company is. I don't care what the project is. If they have a roadmap out there with any sort of ambition on it, I think it's a scam, period. And they may not even know it's a scam. I think you are extremely hubristic to put something on a roadmap that you don't know if you can execute or not. I think I am very, very careful when I'm talking to teams or when we're trying to formulate these things. The the lemons have a roadmap. I don't even care. No, we wanted merch badly. Did I think it was going to pump lemon prices? No. We want pixel lemons badly. Do I think it's going to pump lemon prices? No. The reason lemons are at the price they are is because of the community that meets every day on spaces, that meets every day in the Discord, that just love hanging out and talking with each other. And when every day a few people, three to four people hop in the Discord and say, God, I see you guys everywhere. I think I want to be a lemon. Can you show me you know, some lemons or tell me about why I should buy them? And 
three people tell their story and get in there. This is the slow build. This is that we talk about organic communities and it's usually wrong. It's usually manufactured. This is literal organic community. And it's this is that's the greatest uh, utility in punks. That's the greatest punk uh, utility in board apes. I don't care what the board ape, the board ape roadmap. And you can take this sound clip is eventually going to be their downfall. Either. I don't know when. Okay, and they'll get to a million dollars first. I am not saying it is a bad investment. That will eventually take them down because every time they put something new on the roadmap, it needs to be better than the item that was previous. And that eventually ends. There's a, I don't care who you are. Yeah, I don't care how good you are. There comes a point where that ends. And it, that is why- you not say the same for like all companies though? Yes, totally agree. I'm not, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I am in complete agreement. No, no. I mean, if, if, since you are agreeing with that, I will say that is a very valid statement because you Mm -hmm. see the rise and fall of traditional companies all of the time. Eventually their outlook gets stale. You look at someone like Sears, for instance, if you really want to take it back to a traditional company, they were Amazon 20 years before Amazon ever existed. Mm -hmm. And they dropped the ball because their, you know, quote unquote roadmap, their trajectory was stale because their founders or the people on the board lacked a vision of where the world was going. And now it doesn't exist anymore. So just I don't think I need to clarify what free market is saying, but for a little bit of context, like he is correct in saying that like, eventually you have to keep either su- su- surpassing yourself or get surpassed. Right. And it's, it's totally true. Yeah, and eventually runs out, right? Why is community valuable? Well, what happens if you sprain your ankle and there's a doctor in your community? Well, he tends to help you out a lot more. And what happens if you need a job at a bank and you find out there's a bank manager in your community? He's likely to give you a shot, all right? This is what fraternities were built on. This is what things like the Freemasons were built on. This Dude, is We what's are only this- here because of BitClout. Right, right. Love it Communities. This is that community led to this. It's so it, in a way it's not tangible, right? Like if you want stats on a website, how do you say, well, this person met his business partner through like these are almost intangibles, but it's why community is valuable. It's not because of the group therapy sessions and the mental health rooms and the, the anime gets all that shit's great. Okay. But what the real value in community is utilizing the other creatives. It's utilizing the other professionals in your community. Look at star catchers, look at letters, look at so many what are good derivatives, what are derivatives that honor their predecessors that came out of these communities. It's all because they met within these NFT gated areas. And that's, you know, that's it. That's the, that is the utility in lemons. Period. And that's the that's the only utility I ever care about in any NFT. So when people ask me, I give them that one word answer. And I know people hate it. I hope I clarified it a little bit. No, I mean, I think it's a great answer. And I think that, you know, the word community gets so um, misused when you're talking about these discords of 200,000 people with uh, like hate prime or something like that. Like that's not community. Like, you know, like you said, it's that intangible but very evident fact that uh there is a rallying cry there is a cause that people have rallied around and they want to support it um and they want to scream it from the rooftops right the moment those fall below three ETH, and they will that community is going to start undercutting to zero and turn on each other because it's not a real community okay 
All it is is a hype train Ponzi scheme. Well, where is that now? It has dipped below four ETH. Let's uh, let's do oh, it's yeah, it's hovering around four ETH. I mean, this is that mecca, that slow burn. People start to lose faith, lose conviction. Only and, a matter uh, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they just weren't good. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Well, for anybody interested in coming up and hanging out with us for the next 15 minutes, the uh, the restream link is up in the uh, the Moon Lounge um, AM show chat. So we appreciate that. I also know that people are starting to get together in the um, the Moon Lounge voice chat for the Cool Pets drop. So after the the show today, I'm going to be hopping in there and uh, listening to the uh, proceedings. I think you have a lemon space that's going down. Is that right? Every day. Every day we have the morning squeeze uh, starting at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard. And then tonight we have an Alpha Mint Spaces presents ah, yes. P2E Gaming. Ah. We are going to go into, as, as Cool Cats Public will be going live in 47 minutes. We talked with the Ether Orc boys uh, the other week. We have Raid Party this weekend. We have so my, I, people, constantly ask me and that's it you know i think the next meta is going to be p2e gaming it's been this trend that's been underlying and people have been calling for a long time uh but i do think we are now seeing properties and entities that are going to change uh change people's perceptions and it's going to go from these niche things previously niche things like ether orcs uh or maybe even a wolf game and into these mainstream uh things like whether it's raid party or cool pets are now even ether orcs with the huge 10 orc sweep yesterday bringing them almost up to four ETH. now there are a few known whales hi guys i know who you are who are working off massive supplies of orcs right now so anytime that floor goes up they bomb it which is fine i mean we gotta work off that supply and get these orcs into the hands of people who actually want to play the game and away from these maximin people just trying to, you know, withdraw money from the community. So that's happening slowly. And we are going to talk about all of that. And we are giving away two allow list spots to chain scouts in upcoming P2E that when Lucas in our discord tells me to watch out for something and be excited about it, I don't walk, I run. And I listen, and that's what Chain Scouts is. And we're giving away two allow list spots. It's a private Discord. It is nearly impossible to get on that allow list. So uh, that is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Naz, myself, and R2D Chen. Alphaman presents P2E. And I think uh, R2 just disappeared. <laughs> so it is now me, alone on the show. Here he's back. Yeah, sorry. I'm. This is uh, the first and hopefully the last time I've ever had some of restream, but I couldn't bring Cass up on the stage, and I just wanted to make sure that I was able to do so. Beautiful. G GM Cass. It's a GM. Fancy-looking wolf you got there. I'm great, man. How are you? Living the dream. You feeling better today? Yeah, yeah. Sound great. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll soon find out in a couple of days, but yeah, I'm all right today. Um, and thank you for the for the for the comment on the uh, wolf, um, he's my baby, man. He's my fucking baby. <laughs> You're forever wolf. My, trust me, 
that's not going nowhere. I've already said already. Like you can you can offer me you can bring the Queen of England in front of me. It, it ain't going nowhere. So well, I mean um, that I would agree with, but if somebody offered I you would that, like to purchase your wolf pass. <laughs> no, I, I'll I be wouldn't hold it you. against you if the Queen of England wanted to buy your Star Wolf. No, no, no. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm setting my ways like that, to be fair. Like I could be on my last diamond dollar, but if I want to keep something, I'll keep something. Because again, for me, that wolf is going to be passed on to my kid. So, and to me, my kid's happiness is far more important than what the queen's happiness is. And going on to the whole community side of it, uh, what, what Free Market was saying, that's that's one of the main reasons I would want to keep my wolf. Because the community that we have with Alpha Min and with Star Wolves, the kind of people that are in there, my friends, my, my fellow pack people, um, same as the way they, they have looked after me and same as I would look after them, they would still look after my son if he had a wolf. You know, and th that's, that, you know, that's Let the me most important thing. Let me tell you a story about um, my son and Star Wolves because, you know, sometimes I'll be working on them or, or looking at them while, you know, he's over and he's always like fascinated by it and, ooh, this one or, oh, that one and ask me how it's going and whatnot, um, which is amazing. I love it. I love sharing that with him. Um, I, uh, I recently bought a new PC and gave him my old one. Um, but, you know, for backup purposes and stuff like that, I left a lot of um, stuff on, on, on that computer. Um, just in case, you know, you never know what happens with this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he, you know, he's 10. So he's on, he has his own Discord account and he jumps in. And, you know, we played Minecraft or, or Rocket League together and all that stuff. And um, lo and behold, as his profile picture was one of the Star Wars um that was left on my computer and uh mm -hmm. i thought to myself my god my son is a right click saver <laughs> oh we gotta tell pranksy right away <laughs> <laughs> no actually but it was it was uh it was wonderfully flattering um and it it actually just meant the the world to me but uh you know no it, no 100 it's true the reaction was a joke no, but even even then, just looking at that, I mean, you are the you are one of the artists or the artist for Star Wolves, okay? Now let's just say Star Wolves, you know, lasts for ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. Let's just say, okay, um, your name will be held in such high regard in the community because of that, that your son would reap the rewards and the benefits of that. And so oh, on and so that. forth, you know. But it's it's the truth. That's that. I mean, look at what's his name. That that Picasso kid, yeah, grand person, grand great grand person. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, he's pulling an NFT through that because of the name. The only difference is that majority of people nowadays probably won't know who Picasso is, whereas the people who are getting into tech and NFTs, they will know who you are. And they will know who Star Wolves are if it goes for you know for that amount of time. Same as Cool Pets, same as Lemons, same as all the other well-known NFT brands. Well, these communities, I mean, even if you look in the 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 eighteen hundreds or nineteen hundreds, it was things like the Freemasons, it was things like the Illuminati, and there was other things as well where where groups of people would come together to 
to make the world or make their world a better place. And NFTs is the start. So you need community before you can go anywhere in this space. Yeah, so, I think I think it was such a, a great conversation. And I, I completely agree with like everything that FMC said, everything that you've been saying about it. And I know that you are a huge, huge, huge advocate for the importance of community and adding onto that in a positive way. Um, Cass, we got we got somebody else that just jumped into Restream. Um, speaking of amazing communities, and uh, I just want to be, uh, I'm going to bring him up on stage with you if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Guys, we have Dots coming in from the Kaiju Kings. What the fuck is up, man? <laughs> Yo! What is up? Yo, can what you guys it? hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, man, loud and clear. Yeah, can I get a cow? <laughs> What's going on? Good morning. <laughs> this Let's is amazing, man. We're happy to have you here. I heard rumors that you were uh, maybe going to be joining <laughs> us, but for those of you that don't know, Dots is uh, a fucking absolute legend and uh, the man behind Kaiju Kings, the uh, the newest addition to the the Coinbase world. So big congrats to you. How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, the Coinbase thing was a, a slog, so actually, like, finally sealing the deal, and that was huge. I think I jumped into the stream before I actually got into uh, Restream, and I heard you guys talking about community, and, like, I, I agree with all you guys' sentiment against it. Um, I think community and, like, access to it and, and building strong relationships is, like, the best thing about this. Obviously, there's an underlying price against everything, but the community is only worth what it values itself at and at the end of the day like in a bull market that's what you need is like i hate to say diamond hands people and we're not all gonna make it but just because we're all not gonna make it doesn't mean your community specifically can't do that and that's what we're trying to do with kaiju kings and i think that's what you guys are trying to do with wolves as well so yeah dude honestly like you couldn't have said it better free market what's going on how are you feeling dots is finally up here with us i know man this is like royalty dots was like when are you bringing me on your show i'm like i'm scared to ask <laughs> you're your dots and stuff like oh my god no, no. I'm, not, I'm not special i'm not special at all. You, I'm, <laughs> well, no, I'm just the average dude <laughs> no 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 well no. it's it it's the ones that say that they're the average dude they're the special ones dude they're the special ones really look at your right. clock well, you may not have heard my Kai, my kaiju rant earlier because we did touch, you know, briefly on the Coinbase thing and everything. And I was just talking about how in December, when things were at its worst, or at least that's what the perception was in the community, and you saw people just dumping for huge losses, and even within the chat, like people angry, literally asking if the devs would do something, not as a meme or a joke. But I felt that was almost the best time because when the tide went out and it was the real core community and we became like just so close and such good friends that when it did come back and we knew it eventually was, it's just the people that saw what was there saw that it was special and then you just kept adding and adding and adding. And now I just feel like, you know, it's on a trajectory where people understand this is one of the most valuable communities out there, period. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. And I always try to temper expectations. Like I'll, we'll just be, you know, chill on the show and honest and NFTs are absolutely crazy. I, I think it goes in waves and every community has to do this. You have a very, like you have a subset that is like very wants to be in the community. You have a subset that wants to make money and you have a subset that's flipping, right? So how do you capture 60%, 66% of that market share in your community and make sure like, Hey, 
we're going to keep our kings and we're also going to make money against it. So it's, it's good to hold your investment. And then how do you kind of move some of the flippers out and create like a stronger ecosystem? And I think we see that with like projects like Project Ojira, kind of what you guys are doing with like a smaller cap and only bringing in people that actually want to be here and driving value against that. I think a lot of the larger caps are going to have a hard time doing that. Um, and everything's going to everything's gonna sell, right? You know, we have people buying Azuki's at 15E right <laughs> after release. In that without building or adding more value or bringing things in, they won't. So price is going to fluctuate. It's going to go down. And instantly when price goes down, you know, your community members are very silent. And the flippers are always like, oh, I lost so much money, dude. I fucking hate you. Like, fuck you. I'm like I didn't tell you to buy at 10E. I didn't tell you to buy at 10E. We minted this shit at 0.06, dude. I didn't Man. touch auction you at three. <laughs> I, I thought it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it said a lot about scenarios of uh, little lemon friends once they started getting like really frothy towards the the end of that first pump that they had to just come out there and say like, look, like I'm flattered that you know you guys want to be a part of this community or that you're thinking about spending this much money on an NFT that we created, but don't overextend yourselves on our behalf, right? And I think that that's so important because it's a, it's a wild ride on the way up, but it's a really really rocky ride on the way down and it can really hurt um and yeah so sometimes flippers and traders get caught up in that and they know how to take their losses but you know in that snowball effect down the hill um some some people that just wanted to be part of the community get caught up in that and then that fomo cycle right and it's it's hard to watch them go through that um but you know as free market has said so many times you know that that community that's formed at the bottom of that valley is just like just diamond handed rock solid and uh i mean you guys have gone through that and i think you're you're seeing the recipient or the the benefits of making it out the other side now and you got to understand like the number one thing i hear when people ask me about kaijus they're like what's the roadmap why should i buy a kaiju i'm like i really don't know like what you get what you guys are great at and you have to understand you guys under promise and over deliver and no uh, like very few uh, very few projects get that, right? You guys went through an unforced hype cycle. It, it, it like wasn't your fault. You didn't create this hype. It, I remember getting in the Discord at 500 people. People were screaming, close this fucking Discord right now. Close it. The flood is coming in. Close the Discord, right? Like this was not forced hype, okay? But you were the victim of these things getting up to seven ETH and people paying eight, nine, ten. And like you said, you know, tide goes out. The flippers are the ones who are vocal or whatever. But the idea that, you know, I believe in your roadmap more than anything, mainly because you guys don't talk about your roadmap much. And I know. Like, people don't understand how much of a force Augmented Labs is going to be in gaming. These And they don't talk about it. Look at Pixelmon. Look, look behind. This is, Look at this. Look at this right now. Like, this is a legitimate company. Like they. I feel like you're talking to somebody in billions right now with the glass Yo. walls. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, this, Come is the, on. this is not my office. This is the conference room. I, I, I sit out oh, there. But oh, okay. I will I say, you-, you know, we should talk about investment thesis. I'm, I'm curious on the news for the day and everything. You know, specific to Kaijus and at least what we've done, and this is, I'll kind of like end it on this. And we, we don't talk about Roadmap a lot and we're trying to build up the brand. But I think, you know, we're one of the maybe 10% out of the 100% of projects that fully reinvested back into the company and to build things out in Web3 and actually like provide jobs. We're at 17 employees. Like that's all wow. self-funded from Kaiju Kings and our other ventures. And we're really trying to make a, a splash in the play to earn space. And I think that's a little bit different than some of these other ones where 
you know, we took the long road. We didn't raise $70 million and then go, how do we utilize this, right? Like we we slowly built up our following from no escape and some of those other things. And we built a company around that and we're going to continue to build. And uh, I actually think it's pretty awesome. So I want to see other, other NFT projects docs. I want to see other NFT projects formalize around, you know, uh, centralized location and really start building and pushing because that's where the value is going to be long-term and not just this like short-term hype cycle. So, yeah. Yeah. And Kaiju hires from within the community guys, like literally like every other week, they're like, you know, what do you guys do? Who needs a job? Like DM me, DM me. It's, it's amazing. And like, we're talking about what's the utility of community. You see it right there. So, you know, yeah. Kaiju is bullish. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, That's strong buy for me. Put it on the put it on the board. <laughs> strong buy, strong buy. <laughs> That's super it. dope, man. I appreciate you coming on and taking some time out. We're uh, we'll have to have you on for a full show because I know that you're uh, you're a bit of a DJ yourself, right? And uh, here's I mean, what I, a yo, little bit, a little bit. Okay, okay. Well, first of I all, I say that with I know, all of the love in the world. I promise. I know you're bullish on legend maps. Like this is one I've been screaming, you know, from the tops. I have a I, like we see the generative dungeons doing well now and i just loved legend maps i mean i remember being in that discord also really early i max minted my pre-sales and everything and yeah i love that project too um but i had this great idea all right you know inside the actor's studio i was thinking we could start a new show called inside the dgen studio all right and it's basically just an hour we'll do different creators from different projects the ones that are cool like hey the homie at Toy Boogers. Now, you want to talk about people who get in there and trade? You know what I mean? Like, I think we could do like an inside the DGEN studio where we just sit for an hour and talk about everything going on in the in the NFT world. So, Dots, if you'd be up to that. Oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. I, uh, I've kind of gotten away from the DJ, like just like a little bit of a story here. Not not too much. But I mean, I got into the space by trading a little bit. Like my uh-huh. first buy was Sewer Rat Social Club. Like that was back okay. in like, like June. And honestly, that's probably like the most high tech project against the actual price of the NFT. That's besides the point. And that didn't do well. And, and then I got I, I asked a friend, he, he loaned me some money. Uh, 0.13 ETH and I bought a Forgotten Runes Wizard secondary. Yes. And after that, it, it, I just got lucky, right? I got caught up in Oni. I got caught up in Parallel Life and got packs from that. Started my own project, was able to flip some of these things. And I think what I realized like halfway through is the where I made the most money is when I said, man, this is a community I want to be a part of. And then just like extrapolating that, like if I'm saying that and, you know, I'm considering myself the average dude, yeah. Is someone else going to think that? Are they going to be like, yeah, I, w- I want to be a part of this community and ride this wave. And so I just started buying with conviction. So I don't flip as much as I used to. I own way too many Legends maps. I'm going to be honest. That team scares me. <laughs> that team scares me a little bit. Like, I don't know what they're about. They're going to they're gonna sell these characters that are coming up. Like, when can I just play the dungeon? Like, that was what uh, I was hedging. Right. Was like, hey, this game better well, that, make me some money, but <laughs> when I saw generative dungeons, I was like, I hope that's what they're building. That was kind of it in my head. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, generative dungeons pretty cool, actually. I I appreciated what they ended up doing. I'm kind of kicking myself for not picking up one, not just because of the the floor price or whatever. All but, I know uh, is Pranksy is on our side. He has a few hundred. When that LP comes out, I expect him to stake it. So <laughs> the legends maps. Yeah, I would have too big to have an LP eventually. Tracy has hundreds of Legends maps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the one that oh, got it all kicked hands. off. We're oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We got, that's what I was saying. Like the morning, it was funny because remember they were minting out slow, but I was still telling people like this will be a slow builder. I feel like it. And then Pranksy with his gold eight just hopped into the Legend Maps general one day and was like, hey, these look pretty cool. And he just went nuts and just started buying after that. So yeah. The only, good the stuff. only reason I have those is I traded Sneaky Ninja Pants, my <laughs> baby Kong at like 6E for all 110 sneaky's the max mentor right like as many yeah, as possible yeah, yeah. so i just traded yeah. him for his whole stack and now I wow on legends maps so wow i that's not a bad trade that's not a bad trade. i like the kongs but you know i, I like I, kaiju's better i picture pranksy walking into the uh the legends map discord like bill murray walking into a random party as he often does or just like hey what's going on here i was like what the fuck uh, basically that's dope man so this is this is your this is your office this is your workspace and uh you're up to 17 employees that looks uh that looks amazing um you know it, it, they're all full-time they're all working their asses off to to build out uh, the the kaiju ecosystem yeah not not just the kaiju ecosystem so that's a good thing and a bad thing but um we're really scaling against building a game studio. This is a little bit of alpha, but maybe not necessarily. Um, we're really working on a, a play to earn battle royale. Uh, we have an existing game, we're doing play tests. So half the company is focused on Kaiju, another half focused on that play to earn game. And then some people, depending on time allocation, are spread then through Kaiju. And Kaiju is actually a separate company from Augmented Labs as well, which is an interesting decision. but. Yeah, we're just we're just building a lot. So it's not just kaiju value, but what's nice is you get to use these ecosystems as a flywheel. So every kaiju is going to be involved in anything that we launch just like we did for No Escape. So whitelist, mm-hmm. etc., no exuberant prices. That's something we don't really believe in either. Um there's like these crazy Dutch auctions and things like that to to raise a bunch of money against it, like you know, the million dollars that we got from the kaiju launch was enough for us to really build this out and yeah. and create something where it's like you don't depending on who you are maybe you should grab all the cash that's possible because you'll scale faster but with that comes a lot of risk and a lot of community expectations so i think we've done a good job of of tempering that but i mean that's one of the crazy things about raid party is like you know do i believe that they have something good going on in a working project probably um but at what point do the expectations get so insanely high that you it's almost impossible to meet them i mean you see that in traditional video games all the time right um and it doesn't matter how much money gets pumped into the ecosystem once that hype cycle really kind of you once you really lose control of that hype cycle uh it's so hard to rein it back in and temper expectations yeah big time so i'm gonna push on one thing then here because we got a little tease yesterday hey you thought coinbase was the only thing that was up then i thought maybe i saw a mutant kaiju escaping the lab we got a timeline here for the people we do we do and this is maybe just like alpha and whatever we're so bad at sharing this this is like something that you know how to clearly communicate to thousands and thousands of people what's going on but yeah, we're doing a little bit of a campaign. Rooftop Rampage is going to be released next week. You'll play to get whitelist for mutants. They'll be at a very affordable price of 0.0666, just like Genesis Kaiju's. No crazy DA, nothing like that. Um, and then after that, we might launch a little play to earn game using babies and mutants. Who knows? So, Woo, so fun. <laughs> very we'll, cool. We'll have some fun there. And then speaking of community, I think you guys are going to like this. You'll see... There's gonna. We're always talking about like, well, what's baby kaiju utility and things like that. I think there's there's something inside that Peter the play to earn ecosystem that's going to be a reward. 
that really builds around community, just like like breeding does in these projects. So it'll be fun to to play out. So yeah, the the Love video we, we made a whole movie, dude. We got a whole like two minute oh. movie to introduce. Uh, I can't wait. You and things like that. And the, the game's pretty fun too, so I think you're going to enjoy it. Damn, if you guys haven't seen this mutant preview art, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I never know how to pronounce this name. I'm going to ask, is it Phil? 3LLL? What am I? We, yeah, we just call him 3L. 3L? All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, no. 3L is like on another fucking level here. I mean, really, this art is ah, man, spectacular. If I don't get that like mushroom mutant kaiju, I, I'm going to have to pay a pretty handsome uh, reward for it. Whoever gets it. That thing is... Oh my there's, God. Some, there's some fun ones to collect. I, I think that's what's weird too in this space is like you know, mutant price is already insane from like failed experiments where it's like, you know, what's the expectation against this? I think 3L probably has some of, if not the best pixel art in the PFP space right now. Like all the shit that we do from a PFP perspective is like really clean, really well done. The mutants are crazy. The 10 legendaries that we have are really cool. The specials are cool, things like that. And then hopefully the gamification that we provide around it and like the leveling that you can do against your mutants, what we're doing with the rooftop rampage. It's going to be fun enough to like really get us, you know, past the next two months and into the the next part of the roadmap. So that's amazing. You know, I honestly like you talking about like pixel art and stuff like that. Um, you know, I minted Galactic Apes. I was always like super, super bullish on on that project. Loved the art and, and all of that stuff. And then Kaiju came out, um, and I always loved the art too. But Galactic Apes, like kind of the pinnacle for me and it, it kind of always had been um but then i started you know working on some pixel art myself and one of the things that i realized is less is more sometimes and it's very very hard to do that and i started looking at kaijus and i was like it, it uses so little detail but so well um that it translates to the profile picture amazingly and like it really just like is is um incredible art and the more that i started participating in it the more more and more and more respect i had for that until now i'd look at it i'm like this is like you know peak pixel art it's it's absolutely wild yeah i'll be honest it's crazy because i'm always asking 3l i'm like hey dude like you know, can we add this? And he's like, bro, do you realize how little pixels we have? Like, how do you going to add that detail? And I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He's like, it depends on what we're going for. And I think the the mastery of like, it's a 69 by 69 square for Kaiju's nice. just to be like kind of Mimi, exactly. <laughs> that, that's really limited room when it comes to crafting an image like that. Like the camera on Kaiju is literally only 300 pixels and it, it looks fucking great. Um, yep. but yeah, I, I'm actually curious, you know, we're in the NFT space and I, I'll take you, uh, I'm curious what you guys think. What kind of mediums do you see as the most relevant in the NFT space? Pixel art, 2d, like Azuki 3d assets. And where does the market go over the next year? Um, if we're talking about like more traditional, like visual art, um, I don't know. I think we're seeing a phase out of the 3D meta. I think that that will be like a, a high, high watermark once like traditional metaverses start really coming into play. Um, but I think we're, we're seeing that being a bit exhausted. My personal like feeling towards this year is music. But uh, if we're if we're sticking around visual art, um, I, I don't even know what the kind of the next iteration is. I, I got to believe that generative like more traditional art is going to have a moment in this year, too. And it feels People- like it's ripe for that. 
I think people talk about, you know, PFPs being in a bubble, which I'm sh- obviously there's frothiness uh, in certain areas, all that type of stuff. But if these are the new cl- in a, the new luxury clothes, like the fashion items that people are going to be wearing, and there's only a million of us here right now, right? I really think PFPs haven't even begun. And what makes a good PFP is simplicity, boldness. To de- I think that's one re besides the nostalgia aspect that we all love. I think that's one reason pixel art works so well. I think it's one reason board apes works so well. Like I think Clonex, and that's a very divisive collection to begin with. But I think Clonex is the only one so far that's really pulled off decent 3D. It's got to be a little cartoony. These super realistic, like, NFP type, those are scary. Like, you see those things up close. I'm not sure people want to be represented by that in the metaverse. And to R2's point, as the metaverse develops and 3D avatars are our necessities and then we're using, I do think that, you know, Clonex is revolutionary in many aspects. I do not discount the greatness going on over at Artifact. But I think people are still just discounting how good a bold, clean, tuned image is for a PFP. Yeah. It's funny. What about you? Oh, yeah. me. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously a pixel art maxi. Yeah. Um, I think, and this is why, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the longevity of the company, right? I don't, I do think the PFP meta is there. But I think if you're not actually building good branding around it or running an actual company after the fact, you're not going to do shit. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. can, you have to either create a game like Cyber Kongs has sandbox. Like that is huge. That is way bigger than a lot of people think. Like yeah. Kaijus have augmented labs and building their own play to earn game. Like some of these other, like BAYC is an actual brand, right? They have clothing, they have different mm-hmm. events, things like that. You have to expand on your company and where you're going and just being a PFP and releasing new art and more <laughs> art and more art doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to see, and you're going to see every project struggle with this. I, I would love to talk about how, what you guys think about cool cats, but how do existing PFPs that have been around for eight months, 10 months, bring in new customers, right? Like how do they get new eyes on their projects? Like is cool pets, like everyone's intro into the cool cats ecosystem, or are they just selling to their existing customer base? Like, how do you, how do you branch off from that? Because it feels like a lot of projects, like even if they're good projects, they just get stale and they just kind of like disappear, right? You're, you're bored of being in that discord. Now you, you don't want to hang out with that community. And it's part of it's the NFT rush, but like, how do you, keep that longevity provide enough value and move move to a two-year timeline a three-year timeline and actually build that that brand everybody's getting lucky anyone can make money in the nft space if you work really hard i'm a great example of that like i have zero (laughs) relationships zero connections i didn't know a single person in august i still don't know people we donated we donated a million fucking dollars i don't think a single influencer tweeted out Holy shit, look what Kaiju Kings did. It was just yeah. people, it was just, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What fucking airtime do I get besides hanging out with the boys? Like, that's yeah. not there. So how do you transition that into a into a long-term company brand and really build out Web3, build out the metaverse? Right now, we're all spending money because we're really excited about it. But it takes time to do these things. And so I think we're just going to see, you know, the peaks and valleys. And I, I don't know where mm-hmm. we're at right now, but... I think a lot of the PFPR is going to be 2D. 
similar to Azuki, just because that's what looks best. Like mm-hmm. the 3D art, it, it's not bad. And when you do it cartoonish, like Clone X does, like it, it doesn't look bad from a PFP perspective, but scale is always off. And what yeah, we're really, re- right, what we're really interested in is in that little circle, can you tell who that, what that person is representing? And that's what BAYC captures so well in some of these other projects. So, yes. Oh, dude, we've said that so many times on this show and it is just spot on because, you know, when you're in that discord, when you're on Twitter, it is the representation of you. And, you know, a a good indication of a PFP is if I can tell who is typing or who is talking without actually looking at their name. Right. And, you know, the, the good, the good uh, projects, even the floors will allow you to do that with people. That was my initial kind of both as thesis around uh, Galactic Apes, honestly, because that's one of the things I thought they did really, really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's an incredible conversation. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where this industry is so new. I mean, sure, you know, CryptoPunks is a couple of years old right now, which in the grand scheme of things is nothing. But really, the, the start line just happened, let's say, March 2021, right? there's no real test cases to learn from. Everybody is going through this industry at the same time, pretty much on equal footing and and learning from each other's mistakes in real time. Like you can't go back and learn from history. We're going to see some hiccups. We're going to see some flame outs and we're going to see some incredible success stories like um, Board Ape Yacht Club. And I mean, personally, I think Kaiju Kings is going to be one of those too. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a rocky road. There's going to be, there's going to be some 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 learning going on for sure and we're all kind of doing it in real time i think it's going to be fascinating to look back on this time in a couple of years once things have kind of you know become mature you know the market's gotten intelligent and and we've kind of figured it out and there's the big question too for any project that has had a moment and is now established and now is known within nfts how do you go from good art to cultural artifact right because that's why a company like board ape yacht club becomes a blue chip and has longevity and i actually do have hope for cool cats in respect that i think they can become that through their licensing deals with time you know it's a very cartoon you know i could see kids loving a cool cats cartoon but it's not going to happen with cool but like you're pointing out cool pets isn't it it's not what takes cool cats to the next level it has to be you know these are all entertainment properties we're trying to steal minutes right now from netflix okay we're trying to steal minutes from every other entertainment property how do you entertain people i mean there's obvious ways of merchandise and games and all these things that we do but i think there's a lot of outside the box stuff as well and becoming culturally relevant I think NFTs have the easiest shot to do that than anything. This is the actual monetization of culture. It distills it down into a JPEG. I think that's why they're so profound. These are the new social networks. I I totally believe that. So I think that's a different answer for every project in particular, but that's the idea, becoming a a cultural artifact, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. Dots, let me ask you this. I don't know how much time you have, um, but I just want to ask you this. You know, uh, I'm not sure what your your traditional like real world background is. Um, and, you know, I, honestly, with like the pseudonymous economy and whatnot, like I don't doesn't really mean a lot to me anyways. Um, but what has been your kind of real world experience talking to people about what you do now, this company that you've grown and how it's on the backs of NFTs, which I mean, is starting to, to see some acceptance. Like it's like this is like brute force 
force of like seeing NFT everywhere where people are just kind of starting to get it. Um, but, you know, even my own experiences of leaving my job in the restaurant industry to, to pursue NFTs full time and pursue growing a community within it. Um, I think sometimes people have been nice to me and be like, oh, that's cute. Like, but you know, it's a real thing. Like wh what's been your experience with, with that, with your friends, with your family, or, you know, you're just, you're out at a social um, engagement and, and people, you're just getting to know people. Yeah, I've been through. All right. Uh, one, I'll talk about just like talking about it to my friends, especially in the early days when it's like, oh, cool. I just made my first $40,000 flipping an NFT or something like right. that. Right. I, I was in the 2017 crypto hype cycle as as a as a small player in the same respects. And I always hated it when my friends would talk about how much money they made and I didn't have any action. You get that innate jealousy and things like that. And I think it's better to, instead of talking about like, look how much money I made, always just be there to answer questions and help. And so in my most recent thing, I didn't bug my friends about it. I didn't tell them too much. I was just... I didn't want to be known as the NFT guy in August. I just, you know, acted normal, et cetera, and would just talk and casually talk about these things. And, um, you know, as they got into it, they would ask questions and be like, yeah, you know, we did this and like, you should get in and you don't want your friends to miss out either, but you don't want them to make that bad investment decision. So that's always like a difficult conversation. The workplace is a completely different conversation. Like people that professionally respect me and I had to move on. Like I really worked, I worked my way up you know, from not having a college degree to getting a software engineering job recently. And I was at that job till October. And my boss, you know, I, I ended up telling them like, I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to go do my own thing. He has no fucking clue what's coming what's happening. And we hadn't talked. And, you know, two months later, he shows up at my office. That's two blocks away from him with 10 employees in it. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And, oh, you know, they, so good. they have to look on LinkedIn and see, you know, like, oh, hey, they donated a million dollars. So, yeah, like, um, you know, a lot of people think it's funny money until they can, until they see it. And it, and let's be honest for everybody in here too. It is, it is paper money until you realize some of those gains and reinvest it back <laughs> yep. into yourself and things like that. I think, yep. listen, if you're up 10 grand on NFTs and 10 grand is the most money you've ever had in your life. If you don't take three grand out and invest, reinvest that back into yourself, training, learning, lifestyle coach, healthy eating, whatever the fuck you need to be a better person, take some of that money and use it against yourself and then come back and make 30 grand, come, be, come back and make 40 grand. I think you have to realize some profits and, and push and, and have that trickle into your actual life versus a lot of the paper money that we have right now. Um, Four day Yacht Club, we're speaking yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs are, uh, you know, they're like fucking crack. I'm actually worried in a year from now when I can't chase the same high. Like you can't chase uh, the dragon anymore because nothing <laughs> nothing matches what NFTs were in, in 2021, mm -hmm. 2022. Um, so, but yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's my professional experience with it is like a lot of people, it is funny money. They're like, okay, cool. You own a JPEG. I don't understand that. Yeah. But then when it trickles into your real life and I, I didn't buy a mansion, I didn't buy a new car or anything like that. But when they were, when they saw that we were able to stand up a business and be successful against that and, and have our own jobs, they were like, oh, wow, this is, this is real. Like we did open enrollment yesterday. We enrolled in fucking benefits as a team. That is the most mind blowing thing. Yeah. Oh my God. You're like, oh my God, dude. Get your health insurance and get your 401k. We're going to make this a uh, 10-year, 20-year business. So hearing about that building aspect is what's really exciting to me. I mean, yeah. because, you know, you're chasing that high of trading NFTs and sure you can make real 
amazing money in a short period of time and all of that stuff. But, you know, bear markets ultimately hit. Um, you were in 2017, as was I. And I mean, mid 2018, all the way up until, you know, late 2020, that was a grind and a half. Like, you know, um, but having something to, to build, having a company to grow, having, you know, people to, to look after and, and, and all of that stuff can really be a motivating factor and you know that's one of the reasons why i'm really excited to be in here doing what i'm doing because i certainly didn't leave it to be a full-time trader you know i i left it i uh, left my job to to be doing the show with fmc trying to you know help uh scott nbo and drip cult grow alphaman and you know now with star wolves and, and all of the amazing things that charlie is doing with that like I, I feel so fortunate and excited to be a part of not just one but the, those three things right and it just uh, every morning i wake up just excited to do it you know that's so fucking sick it's crazy yeah. that it's crazy opportunities we're all we're all afforded oh i'm just i'm so glad that i actually just pulled the trigger you know and i'm not yeah. saying like for, it, it's for everybody right like there's a lot of explain explanation i had to do to my wife with my wife like you know she's like yeah but it's not real money i'm like no 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 it really really is real money yeah and um it was actually like you said before you know take some of that money out it was a game changer the first time that I actually turned some of that ETH into money and it hit my bank account, right? Yeah. Because I got so addicted to watching that portfolio go up and like, oh, this is my net worth, this is my net worth. But I know, like, once I could actually spend a little bit of it, I was just yeah. like, oh my god, like this is real, like this is this is where my life is going, and it was very exciting. Yeah, I think my thing, and and this is like, I just think life advice, and for anyone that wants to do it, like. If you have an NFT that is six months of your expenses and you're questioning on quitting your job to pursue this full time, sell the fucking NFT, get your six month expenses and work your ass off. And if it doesn't fail, I guarantee you, your job is going to take mm -hmm. you back. The fucking traditional job market is suffering right now. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. too much paper money in the ecosystem. So they will take you back. Your best bet, I, this is, uh, you know, what I'll get on my high horse. I think. I can say this now, right? It, hindsight's twenty twenty. If you had heard about NFTs and didn't do 15 minutes of research and see like, this is the highest moving asset class over the past six months. And like, I need to get some exposure to it to make money. Like you need to learn that lesson that there's going to be shit that you don't agree with that is still going to make money. And that was mm -hmm. me in 2017. I was like, crypto's a fucking scam. So I shorted the market, <laughs> lost all my money. It, a 2020, I, I flipped that. I'm like, nope, it's not a scam. I'd rather have it than not have it let other like let other people work it you don't have to like something to make a living off of it or make money off of it and uh, taking your emotions out of it uh really helps you put it into perspective i think so yeah well said someone showed me bitcoin at 15 cents back in like 2009 i told them it was stupid and yeah. then when it went to 20k i i was dealing with a little cope i'll admit there yeah. was a little bit of cope involved there but as 2019 rolled in and I was like, all right, let me try this DeFi summer. ETH seems interesting. Let me give this a shot. I stumbled upon Rarible. And I was like, NFTs? This makes a lot of fucking sense. I was never really into crypto, but when I saw NFTs, it actually made sense to me. Over that year, I decided like, this is why crypto will ever be relevant. And back then, the hate didn't come from normies because they didn't even know what the fucking NFT was. The hate came from within crypto as we were called like this Ponzi branch that didn't make any sense. It was like DeFi and financial transaction layers are what's going to take. Well, all those Ponzi's are on their way to zero and our industry is about to be featured in the Super Bowl. So that's how I feel about NFTs. 
Nah. Yeah, yeah, dude. I was on. Was, yeah, NFTs are insane. I, I would love to just have like a recap of 20, like everyone's twenty seven. Everyone has been exposed to crypto probably four yeah. times in their life, right? Like once in around like 2010, 2011, If you were on the internet, you probably saw a tagline in some RuneScape forum that said "We accept Bitcoin" and all kinds of weird shit. You probably missed it. Twenty thirteen, you have the the climb from twenty dollars to a thousand dollars with China and the Silk Road using it. And yeah. you're probably like, oh, man, I yeah, I saw that 20 cents. Like, why didn't I get into this? <laughs> I missed and the boat, though, right? Yeah, I missed I the boat. I can't buy this at $1,000. That was my <laughs> first. That was 2014. I should look into this. Nah, too expensive. I didn't even realize you could buy a fraction of it, right? Like, well, I, I, Yeah, that's, that's true, too. Just the understanding of it being fungible. But it crashed, and you feel vindicated. You're like, oh, that was a scam coin. Right. 2017 <laughs> comes around, and you're like, Oh, Ethereum? Oh, Bitcoin's back up? What are these things? And, and and you miss it again. And then NFTs, for years, you get this opportunity for this new asset class that you really have to pay attention to. Yeah. So definitely learn from that. But I mean, I was, I remember I was on Poloniex when, you know, Ethereum was 20 bucks. Stellar <laughs> Lumens had just dropped on the platform for like 0. 0.002 cents. And I longed it. I just learned what margin trading was. I'm like, I'm going to leverage trade. I'm going to be so rich longed it and then i was like oh wait it's gone up 10x this is stupid use my entire portfolio shorted it it goes up to a dollar it's like what's wrong lose all your money you hate this shit like (laughs) never never leverage trade boys unless you're just a total degen but you know what this is natural leverage crypto is already leveraged just adding (laughs) leverage to it is insanity sand to the beach yeah, what was that article we pulled up today that was like talking about NFTs as the speculative side of crypto? And I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the whole thing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the speculative, speculative side of crypto. <laughs> Made me laugh. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know, honestly, like I got into I got into crypto. I bought ETH was the first purchase I made, but I'd had that 2014 kind of realization that it was a thing, and then passed on it. And I was at my restaurant um, managing. I was standing behind the bar doing some stuff. It was a slow, slow day, and this one guy was out for lunch with his parents. And I just for anybody out at a restaurant, the bartender hears everything. Just to let you know. but uh, but yeah, he was he was talking about like oh like his his parents like I think they were pretty wealthy. They were like oh yeah, you gotta just buy some Bitcoin. Don't go crazy on it, but buy some Bitcoin. You need some exposure to this. Um, and if you really want, like Ethereum's out there too, super easy to buy. Like, but Ethereum is like got this great trajectory. He was talking about it. He really kind of knew his stuff. He wasn't being super pushy about it to his parents or whatever. He wasn't like mortgage your house and buy everything you fucking can, right? Like it just it made a lot of sense. And like I because I had had that twenty fourteen moment and passed on it that conversation that i was listening in on was very tangible to me it was very palatable and i started having this like okay like i'm hearing about this again i got to go down the rabbit hole um and within a week i just like you know bought like five grand worth of ETH, just like sit there now i tried to swing trade and that didn't go very well for me but you learn you live and you learn you 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 go through these and you become you come out the other side better for it right but uh, yeah that was just like it was just that moment of like now okay i gotta pay attention to this now yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I like what you said at the end right there too. Like, the only L you take is when you don't learn when when you don't learn a lesson, 100%. right? Like, yeah, I learned not to leverage trade, and look at me, I'm not doing it anymore. I learned, I, I won with that. Yeah, it cost me two thousand dollars to win or whatever it was back at the time, but you win by making mistakes and learning from them. So just just turn it turn an L into an advantage for you, and you're you're going to be better for it. For sure. For well sure. said. 
So All right, man. we call. I actually it? have to. Ha- I have to go to the morning squeeze now. I'm. I'm the, the lemon morning king. Squeeze. Of, <laughs> it's called the morning squeeze. All right. You got to understand. I'm in these lemons, right? I, I got all the kaiju's in the lemons. I got to go tend our. Uh, our treat here. So there's something called the morning squeeze. It's like an hour show where lemons lemon for an hour. So, Look at you guys with yeah. the whole podcast network. I gotta, I gotta start listening <laughs> to this. I need to sub to everything. So every Yo, morning, 930 weekdays, dude, anytime you want to come on, just message, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot your friend request on uh, discord message me or FMC. I'll shoot you the link for this and just like jump in because uh, I know you're, you're in the NFT space. You're very insightful about all of it. Not just Kaiju's. Um, and, and this has been amazing. I appreciate your your time. And this has uh, been a great start to our day. Yeah, yeah Dots, you you're hired great. every day. We expect yeah, you. Yeah, run it. Now. Run it. Bring okay. me in as, as, as awesome. a special special guest analyst. A look inside what founders <laughs> think. So. <laughs> done. Done and done. <laughs> That's amazing, man. All right. We are going to wrap this up. Uh, Two and a half hours. What a great show this was. Um, We talked tons about, uh, you know, the market, cool pets, uh, where raid parties going. We talked about Kaijus um, before Dots came in and then we're uh, pleasantly surprised. I apologize, Cass, if you're still listening, um, but we appreciate you coming up on stage as well. on behalf of Free Market, myself, and hopefully Dots, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 9.30. Free Market, get us out of here. Good luck at the tables, DJs. Peace. Peace, boys.